Welcome to episode 38 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. To this week, we are talking about cabins by the lake or the UP. I don't know. Probably I feel like Scott's going to argue that they're not called cabins. They're called camps. And I'm going to call them cottages. And then Exploding Head's going to have material for their 150th (laughs) show. You're welcome. Um, I am one host of your podcasting team, Heather Powell, coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, is Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from Swartz Creek, Michigan, in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the continent. God damn it, I screwed that up. But anyways, I am Mr. Smoke Show He's on the continent of North America, in the Milky Way (laughs) galaxy, in this universe. He is vaxxed, waxed, and ready to be called daddy. And he is. Mr. Smoke Show Crawford. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I fucked that one up royally today. But then I covered for you. You did. (laughs) And I brought you in like I always do. You know. You save my ass like always. I just raise you up as a person. (laughs) You totally do. (laughs) Here we are. Midway through July, getting closer and closer to, I guess, our break, because Scott is going on his trip, which we talked in great detail about before. Are you getting more excited, Scotty? It's it's coming up. Oh, yeah, I am looking forward to this. Uh, nice escape from everything. Just be out and hopefully hearing some crazy banjos and hillbillies. <laughs> Meet my <laughs> wrong me, turn family. That made me think of this, the group we like. Um, banjos. Shit. What's the name of the oh, group uh, that we like to listen Dead to? South. Dead South. Yeah, I um that totally took me to to Dead South when you said banjos. I'll be like, the same and my father's daughter, but I don't even care who Yeah, I can't even remember the lyrics anymore. But she needs some good loving anyway. Yeah. She's going faster and I say anyway. Slow we down. Sh- we should make an 80s horror movie. Who went out when the rain was cold and the four <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> I swear to God, that folk music from fucking Blood Beach. Love it. Oh, that was amazing. Love it. Uh, So I, you know, update, Scott is not the only one that is fully vaxxed. I am also fully vaxxed, finally. Yeah. I got uh, double Pfizer, not the good old Johnson & Johnson, but that's okay. I usually want the Johnson 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 Johnson, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? High five, high five. Um, (laughs) So that's very exciting. We are moving into stage three in Ontario next weekend. And that involves dancing at nightclubs and strip clubs are open. So snap! you probably wonder why I mentioned strip clubs. Let me tell you a little story about how I've been logicking out this whole stage thing. So we have three stages in the province of Ontario in terms of reopening. And then eventually there's going to be announcement after stage three where there's no more restrictions or anything. So adult entertainment, also known as strip clubs, 
is, you know, I think the closest form you can get to touching strangers, right? Besides sex clubs and prostitution, but this is the one that, you know, the government actually makes revenue money off of. So I was kind of, I've been following. So on our, on our get back to, I guess, normal plan, each stage has whether strip clubs can open. And to me, that is the biggest depictor of what we'll be allowed to do, right? So if, if I'm allowed in theory to go to a strip club and get a lap dance from a male or female, then that's going to tell me what the rest of everything else is going to be allowed to do. So in stage three of the opening Ontario plan, and I quote, there is no limit on patrons that can attend a strip club, as long as two meters can be kept between patrons and three meters must be maintained between performancer performances, like the, the strippers and the patrons. Now, I am sure that every strip club is going to break those fucking rules. But oh, yeah. um, I was saw that and I was like, okay, so if we can now have people take off their clothes and, you know, the lots of things happen at strip clubs anyway. We have a whole bunch of strip clubs out in a place called Niagara Falls. And, you know, you can pay for various things to be done in the champagne room. Male and female, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, and whoever you choose to be attracted to. So I'm like, there's no way they're going to maintain three feet of distance, like maybe out in the performance stage where inspectors could come in um, or whatever the case may be. So when I saw that, I got excited because I was like, well, what are dance clubs going to be like? Because, you know, I've been waiting to get myself up on that. So Dance clubs can have up to 25 capacity on the 25% capacity on the dance floor, or it can have um, 250 people. So the club I go to, which is called Absence, which I think I've talked about on this show before, they have drag shows and stuff like that. They'll be able to open on the inside and they're still going to do reservations for tables for drag shows and events and stuff, but you're able to have standing room only now too. So that's really exciting. Uh, There's going to be no limits anymore on um, the amount of people you can sit with at a table as long as two meters can be maintained. Stores will not have limits as long as they can maintain two meters of space. We will still have the mask mandate in Ontario, um, which I'm fine with. I think it will go away by the fall once we exit stage three. But personally, I don't give a fuck. Like wearing a mask doesn't offend me or take away any of my rights and doesn't incapabilize my ability to breathe. I have worked out with a mask on and it can be done. So that's fine. If it's not comfortable for you, I I get it, but you actually can still breathe. It's, it's fine. Um, Will I wear a mask still? Yeah, maybe like in certain crowded areas. Absolutely. I will. Yeah. Uh, In the winter time when I'm going out places, absolutely. I will. Uh, it avoided me getting sick this year and I am totally down with not getting the fucking flu. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you feel about masks and shit. Like obviously the mask mandate's gone in Michigan. Yeah. Well, I'll say, right? well, you, you pretty much know me with my, with the mask thoughts personally, but like, yeah, I, I've never had an issue with it. Like uh, my company where I worked didn't require us to wear masks throughout the whole pandemic, which I thought was dumb in the first place, but you know, most of the people there already thought this whole COVID thing was a hoax. So <laughs> And, you know, wearing a mask, you're trying to wear to protect others. And, well, I didn't feel like trying to protect others that didn't give a shit about me. So, I Well, just... especially since you're one of the few people that went and got the vaccine, right? Yeah. So I didn't wear my mask there. But, like, yeah, like anywhere that required me to wear a mask, I have I would always have no problem wearing it. Uh, when I went, uh, took the train to Chicago to visit Liz, I, you know, wore it the whole time on the train, which was on a five-hour drive or a five-hour trip. It's like, I have no problem with that. 
Um, and like, yeah, I still have my masks in my car for like, if I go to a place and I feel it's just way too crowded and I'm a bit uncomfortable, I'm going to throw that bitch back on. I have no problem with it at all. Right. And I think it all depends. Obviously, if you are very anti-mask and you're like, no, Heather, I don't want my mask. Yeah, man, do you fuck like I'm going to shit. Um, I'm just saying in the province of Ontario, I don't have a problem with us still having them as yeah. a mandate in specific areas. Um, I'm going to Canada's Wonderland in August and the mask mandate will be removed for if you're outdoors. But obviously, if you go into a food pavilion or something or the washroom, they'll ask you to wear it. And honestly, like sometimes those washrooms smell real bad. Oh, yeah. You get tons of people going through. Now they're cleaning them better now. But there's Still, thousands a lot of and people. thousands of people that go through an amusement park, right? So, yeah. you know, if the mask helps keep the smell down, I'm down with that too. Um, I'm just happy that we're getting back to a sense of true normalcy and people are really starting to get relaxed. I was at a pool party last night. I say a pool party. There were seven of us. Uh, but as in your 30s, that counts as a party because <laughs> right. a lot of people get together. And I was in the pool with the kids. I was the only adult that went into the pool with the kids because I'm cool. And we were outside drinking and talking and, you know, having a, having a great all time eating till about one 30 in the morning. And it was just really nice. Everyone was very relaxed. Now, all of us there believe in the vaccine. Um, all of us had had at least our first or going to get our second shortly. So, you know, it, you know, like-minded people, right? Like, so yeah. everyone's, you know, on the same page and we didn't really talk about the pandemic for once. For once, we didn't talk about the pandemic, right? There was a little bit of talk about vaccines, but we all got the vaccines. So no one really had more to say about it. And that's nice. You know, I really don't think, oh my goodness, Brandon's trying to call us. Hold on, hold on, let's do this. Let's oh, answer. Yeah. Oh, hey, Brandon, what's up? Hi. Hi, what are you doing? Being lonely. Oh, yeah? Hi, buddy. What, what you did doing? you do today? Did you record with Exploding Heads? I did. Oh, yeah? How's Dave? Dave was 40 minutes late. What on earth, huh? You know what he was doing that wrench. We're actually recording right now, Scott and I. Oh, I oh. you want to join us? Hi, Scotty. Hi, buddy. Start? We can we can send you the Zoom link and you can jump on for a couple of minutes if you want. I don't have the computer. My dad's on it. Oh, okay. You want us oh, to call you later? Yeah. Okay. We it's miss you. Look at that beard. Oh, I know. Isn't he you. sexy? Describe for the people, Brandon, how sexy Scott is. Yeah, we'll have to talk later, Brandon. We'll give you a call when we're done. Are you going to be around? I'm always around. Mm. Oh, yeah, you are. Always around for us. Mm. Or Scott, at least, not me. (laughs) Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. See, proof everyone that Brandon Orlick is truly our friend. He actually showed up here. That was awesome. He is part of our show. Look at that. And you called us. Well, if your dad ends up getting off the computer and you want to jump on, we'll just send you the link. Sounds good. All right, let us know. We'll do. Okay, talk to you a bit. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye, buddy. That was awesome. I hope that comes up and we can leave it in the episode. (laughs) Oh, that'll be amazing. I I think yeah, I I could hear him clear as day through my headset, so I know it'll come on. Okay, awesome, awesome. That was Brandon Orlick, everyone from Exploding Heads, uh, the the horror movie podcast that we kind of uh, not gonna lie, but they're like our sister podcast. You know, like Dave's (laughs) kind of Dave. We're Dave's inspiration, actually. I think I'm personally Dave's inspiration. I'm sure Dave is like Heather. (laughs) I actually Dave called. And left a 10 minute voicemail for the slumber party massacre yesterday. And I thought that was just so thoughtful of him. 
you know, and Dave was telling a story and I won't go into details of it because you'll hear it on the next number party massacre, but Dave is a fucking epic storyteller. He really is like, he'll start talking and you're like fucking bought in and I'm picturing where he's talking about and what he's doing. And I think that's a real talent. Not everybody can do that. Oh, absolutely. Like he is great at telling, not telling stories. Right. So, hell, that was so cute that Brandon called us. Anyway, I guess we should like move on. What the fuck were we talking about before? Like your, <laughs> your, your pool party, the vaccine. Oh yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, it was, it was a solid good night and we made tons of food and ate our, ate our faces off and they barbecued some sausages. Barbecued. Cooked. See, that works. That's better. I, I can deal with that because cookout sausages just doesn't sound right. Barbecuing sausages sounds, makes more sense. I'll right? allow, I'll allow that. Right, right. Um, yeah, so it was good. What did you do last night, Scotty? Oh, me and, I know uh, did. yeah, I'll say, <laughs> but yeah, me and Tim and a couple of my buddies, uh, we got together to play some magic out at our friend Joe and Becca's house and it was five of us and yep, just like you, all of us were fully vaccinated and uh, we just spent, spent about, I'd say a good five, six hours hanging out, ate some yum, yum food, smoked a little bit, drank a little bit, played magic for hours, then didn't get home till about three 30 in the morning. Did you call anyone daddy while you were there? Did anyone call you daddy while you were there? Oh, everyone calls me daddy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh God. You I'm know what? fully I never... vaxxed, waxed, and ready to be called daddy. Come I on. I could man. never call a man that I was intimate with daddy. <laughs> it would fucking creep me out. Like, I don't have daddy issues at all. And I'd be like, this is gross. Well, it would concern me if someone called me daddy. <laughs> yeah, like, I just... I, just like, hmm, I don't like that. Like, it's just not my thing, right? And if that's your thing and that's what you enjoy doing, hey, you know what? I shouldn't say daddy issues. Rock on. You be, you do you. It's just not my, it's just not my jam. Right, exactly. You know, it's just, no kink it's just not in here. my bones. No kink shit. We are all inclusive on the Friday Nightmare podcast. We are all about the done, kinks. As long as it's done with consenting adults, we are absolutely okay with it. Um, so because like, we're gonna have to call Brandon back later, or maybe he'll join us. Who knows? Like, he's probably seen the movies we're talking about. So he could, you know, it'd be great to get him on for our out of the dark segment. Oh, that would be fun. We should like message him about that. You know what? Well, I'm introducing one at the first movie here. Have you seen this one? Yes. Okay. I'll start the intro. You send him a message just saying what our out of the dark segment is and see if he can join us and say it will probably be in like an hour, an hour and a half, probably an hour and a half. All right, I will send him a message to let him know. And in the meantime, so just as everyone is aware, Scott is going to uh, going away. We will be taking a short break for a couple of weeks. I'm not quite sure of the time framing yet. Um, Scott just has some requirements. Um, keep messaging Scott. That's okay. okay. Yeah, I'm going to kill time, Scott. Don't worry. <laughs> I got this, Scott. I was born to talk. Uh, so Scott will be away. He will be back. Um, we will be doing a slasher episode with uh, Nudie. That will be a, le- a legion, a legion, <laughs> a legion <laughs> exclusive Patreon, a legion Patreon exclusive, and that will be released first on on Legion and then on the Legion Patreon, and then Scott will release it just before he leaves to go to the UP. So we might have a two week buffer where you don't hear from us. No worries, we will be back down to pound later on in August. So this may be a little bit of a break for the Friday Nightmares podcast, but know that we love you all very much and we will return soon. And, you know, I'll just be getting really drunk and stuff and uploading videos of, to Facebook. So I don't know, you can follow those if you want, if you want to be entertained. But in the meantime, we have managed to get through a number of 2021 watches, which is great. We got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to cover today which is actually pretty good. I think it's the most that we've had to cover in a long time. Um, Scott has been able to catch up with watching some 2021s, which is awesome. So I'm yes. going to, 
Yeah. Yeah, because I ended up had a chance to. Yeah, because I had uh, five days off during the Fourth of July weekend, and I we had a lot of like extremely hot, humid days here. So like I basically just did stuff inside the house for the half half the time, and I just played catch up and watched I think like seven or eight twenty twenty ones throughout that five day weekend. So it felt yeah, you great just, to get caught up. You just went down to pound. You know, you were like movies. You oh, are my fucking beer. I got this shit. So I watched this this first 2021, Babysitter Must Die. I said the in the notes, but it's actually just Babysitter Must Die. And this looks like a very low budget film. When I first saw the cover, I'm like, oh, it looks like she's like, this chick wants to be Harlan Quinn. Or Har- is that what it is? Harley oh, Quinn? Harley, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Uh, but no, she's actually very like goody goody two shoes. So basically it's about a young babysitter who's sitting for a very well-off family. And of course a home invasion occurs. So very similar to the vein of Becky, but very good. Like I really enjoyed this film. There's some great gore in it. There's some really good characters. You really get behind the main chick. If you liked, um, your next Becky, if those were your, or hush, if those were your jams, you will dig this film. And I strongly recommend that you watch it. It has a 2.8 letterbox rating on right now on letterbox. Scott has seen it too. Sorry, Scott. I, I forgot that you watched it. I'll let you talk oh, yep. about it. Um, I'll just say briefly where you can find it and Scott can give his thoughts. You can find it on Apple, YouTube, Google, Microsoft store and hoopla. What did you think, Scott? Um, going into this, I had no clue about anything about this movie, except that you said it was pretty damn good. So I decided to throw it on and in the, like in the, uh, genre description thing, it says it was a comedy first thriller than horror. I honestly did not find any comedy in this. Like I was, no, I, I think didn't it was ex- funny. I think it was like, there was some funny things that she said here or yeah. there, but it wasn't like, ah, <laughs> Like, yeah, like it was comedy. yeah yeah it wasn't a horror comedy it just no. kind of like had some like lighthearted moments like throughout it but like yeah i thought it was pretty damn good like uh it's you could it's definitely a lower budget film compared to like becky and all of them but like mm-hmm. it, yeah I, I think that once again this is a film that does the budget well uses their budget wisely uh had great characters um especially the main girl like i really liked her because she's kind of just like that uh shy quiet goody two shoes that you know does like the whole Girl Scouts thing and is now a camp counselor for the Girl Scouts and all that yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, it just, it was a very fun movie. Like all in all, like, I don't know if I'm as high on it as you are. Oh, you didn't like I, it as much as I did? I don't think I did. Like, I'm not sure what you rated it, but that's like, a poor decision on your part. Scott. <laughs> but I gave it a seven out of 10. So, you know, it's still good. Okay. I'm probably at an 8.5. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, but that means that if you gave it a seven, I gave it an 8.5. It's watchable and rentable. Yeah. I was going to say, cause like, like you said, if you like those films, like you're next and uh, the other ones that you mentioned, then yeah, I think people should just watch this one and ch- give it a watch. Cause I think some may enjoy it more than others absolutely i'm very high on it these films really do it for me i really enjoy that um but yeah so some people might be more like scott and have bad taste and not think that it's as good as i do <laughs> at the same time. Um, everyone's different obviously and, and but it is entertaining and i would recommend a rental 3.99 5.99 if you like your necks and stuff like that definitely a 5.99 if you're not too sold on the home invasion drama um then i would or jandra i would say maybe 2.99 yeah i'd say yeah 3.99 rental i'd say is pretty good for this awesome awesome 
So the next one is an unquiet grave. Uh, so this is a 72 minute runtime. It's a very short film and there's only a couple of actors in it. There's basically two people. <laughs> and the synopsis is a man is grieving the death of his wife and he works with his wife's twin sister to bring her back. And it's definitely a movie about grief and the consequences of death and how we feel when someone goes and, you know, almost a little pet cemetery-ish in the sense of bringing somebody back. It's on Shutter, So it's on Shutter Canada, Shutter United States, Shutter Amazon, Shutter, sorry, Amazon Canada and the United States and then AMC Plus. I think if you enjoy slow burns and a discussion of grief and what you would do to bring somebody back, then you'll enjoy this movie. It's a 72 minute runtime, as I said, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like you need to have at least, you know, an hour. like this wouldn't have been a good short film. There's no way they could have made this as an effective short film. Oh, okay. So either it, you know, so I think an hour and 12 minutes in length is appropriate for what they needed to do here, but I don't think it's going to be for everybody. But I do think it's an example of how you can make something creepy without spending a lot of money, which I do admire quite a bit nice yeah this is one that i was uh curious curious on your thoughts because i seen it on shutter and i haven't pulled the trigger on watching this one yet it's interesting you know i i think it's quick so you're not gonna waste time with it i don't know if this will be in anybody's top 10 but i think it does show that if you are going to make a movie and you don't have a lot of money there's a way that you can make it and make it subtly creepy without you know over the top gore or over the top effects like, I think this movie does that very, very well. Um, and I respect it. I think the acting's really good and the writing's really good. I just think that because it doesn't have a lot of those other like razzle daddles dazzle and it's not as like overly production as something like The Witch or, you know, other stuff like that, it's just not going to get the attention or St. Maud or something like that. But it's it's not bad. It's, you know, worth a shutter nice. watch for sure. All right. Well, yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out uh, at some point then. Now, this one's Josh. This one's almost called you Josh. <laughs> that's like crazy i don't know why we call you josh <laughs> i'm hmm. i'm just gonna add that to my intro now i am now smoke show josh yeah now your name's josh well that's, maybe it's because it's your alter ego that you use on the hotline smoke, uh, show, hotline. smoke show josh right. here <laughs> when you don't want people to know your real name um, but i'll let you introduce this next one because i know you love the soundtrack so much so you downloaded it on spotify uh hey all i gotta say is i did enjoy the soundtrack but i'll get into it anyway so that's movie <laughs> weird this song came out in 1995 and the movie is based in 1995 and my name is scott crawford and that is not the right soundtrack for this movie sorry go ahead scott oh you're a shithead i am huge (laughs) uh but yeah the movie we are talking about is uh fear street 1994 which is the first of the trilogy that netflix released and uh boy you can tell this is 1994 like uh breathe in breathe out breathe in (laughs) yeah i was gonna say within the first 15 minutes of this movie you get about seven or eight 90s songs just slammed in your face they make sure to let you know it's the 90s and then they're like look at all the glow in the dark stuff look at the claws look at the look at the clips look at what everyone's wearing it's the 90s (laughs) did you ever have glow in the dark stuff in your room you should have because it's the 90s (laughs) yeah but all in all, though, if you were uh, a fan of like the 90s slashers, I highly recommend this one. It is a lot of fun. A lot of people seem to really love it. I am in the point where it's like, it's good. It's entertaining. 
it's got its flaws, but it is still just a fun ride. And it's something, especially if you have Netflix, you are not miss, uh, you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't check it out, especially if you're a fan of 90s slashers. And glow in the dark stuff. Yes. And And pagers. And old school video games. And fashion from the 90s. And and AOL. (laughs) And AOL, you know, I really thought this was a great take on the R.L. Stein novel. You know, yet again, R.L. Stein. So I've read the Fear Street novels. They came out around the time that I was young enough um, that I dug that. I skipped over Goosebumps. Goosebumps kind of came when I was too old to really read. I was reading the Fear Street saga and other such things. And I'm really excited when they get into the lore of Sarah Fear. That's not a spoiler, okay? Like, if you haven't fucking know who Sarah Fear is, then I don't know what rock you've been living under if you've read Fear Street novels. And I think this film reflected the teenage book that it is. It is very much a teenage-focused novel. It is focused on teenage angst and drama. And I haven't read the novel in a really, really long time. So I'm sure they've taken extra creativity liberties or creative liberties with it. But for a free watch on Netflix, it's what I thought it would be. Now, I was really excited for this. I think we talked about how I was super pumped. I brought this up back on one of the episodes. I was not disappointed, but I also didn't think this was as good of a movie as other people have said. Yes. Let me make this clear. I enjoy this film. It's well made. It lots of production value. I watched it with someone who's like a mediocre horror fan. And he was like, oh yeah, this is entertaining. I like this. Cause sometimes I'll try to show him some other shit. He's like, Heather, this is fucking shit. I'm not watching this fucking piece of garbage. Go watch it with your horror nerds. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Like this doesn't look like a good movie. <laughs> it looks like the budget has like 25 cents to it. Like I understand, right? right? <laughs> you know, that's something Scott and I can sit through. And we've sat through some doozies before this. <laughs> together oh man have we oh boy oh boy or separately or separately that we've watched for the episode that i found and recommended i'll never forget that prom fucking shitty movie that i made us watch this year oh my god oh what you mean the movie that reminded us that the mother died (laughs) did you know the mother died anyway i i think this film for what it is is good do i think it's top 10 list for me probably not and i love and i'm looking forward to the other ones too i think they're great I just think there's other movies out there that are better personally, but I don't think this is a bad film. And I think, you know, you'd be at a disservice if you didn't watch it and you had Netflix. Yeah. Cause I was going to say pretty much if you love scream, I know what you did last summer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This definitely does the homage to all of those films and absolutely it's done well. It's record. It's a uh, film. It reminded well. me also of scary stories to tell in the dark, yes. similar kind of theme to that. Yeah, very, very similar. But yeah, like it's done well. It's acted well. The uh, effects are really good. The practical mm-hmm. effects are damn good as well. It's gory. Yeah. It's rated R, which is awesome. But yeah, yeah it just, uh, there's some plot issues I had that keep yeah. it from being like anything above an eight. But it's also based off a novel that has been, that was written and they've used creative liberties with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not criticizing your critiques. I think it's fair, but it's, it was never meant to be like a, like, I don't know. I walked into this going, I hope it's entertaining enough. I think some people praising it is great, but I'm like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. You know, there's, there's other movies that have definitely been better. Uh, some that we have on this list. One in particular, I think is just fucking and yes, it's Canadian Sander, but I didn't know that going into it. <laughs> I found out at the end, Sander, that it was Canadian and filmed in my city. So 
but we'll get to that in a bit but yeah i'm glad we both think that people should watch it i'll be watching the second one tonight yep same here um, so we'll talk about all of them um i think one day we'll do like a adaptation from book series to to movie and we'll do stuff like scary stories to tell in the dark the fear street movies oh yeah right there's and, there's so many we could cover so that right. could be like a multiple episode one exactly like we could do one just on fear street we could because eventually they're going to do a sequel to scary stories to tell in the dark yeah um so and i love that i actually think that's one of the better films oh, of same. adaptations um i thought and i could watch that again and again and i really i look forward to the day that we cover that there's certain movies that we've kind of kept from covering yet and i look forward to when we cover them yeah um, I, I enjoy I agree. them so much uh, like so I, anyway. I think we have a lot of fun plans in the future with some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. I let you talk about the next one. I haven't seen it. So, all right. So, uh, the next one, I went back to the theater because, uh, why the hell not? It was the five day uh, vacation that I had during the 4th of July. And what better way to celebrate the American independence than by watching the latest Purge film, The Forever Purge? And this one was. I've seen all the other Purge films now because I watched them all for a first time watches last year just because I had never seen them all. And they're all, you know, decent. They are very on the nose with their political like messages and their social commentaries. And if you're fine with that, then and you liked the other ones to an extent or what not, you will like this one. It is the it is more of the Purge. This one just covers more about immigration and racism and uh pretty much people uh, not uh, liking foreigners being in our country, as they would put it. And were they were the foreigners Canadian? Yes. No, though. What's Canada... her name, Heather Powell? <laughs> though I will say uh, Canada was definitely one of the heroes in the movie, in a way. We are always the hero. Is that where people flee to? Yep. That in Mexico. Oh, man, I fucking flee to Mexico. Fuck Canada. Yep, they... they f- this one focused on Mexico because it was they were all in Texas where the characters were. But yeah, I would I would flee there too. Well, now but, does this take place after election year? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is the whole founding fathers, like the you know the, I forget what the name of them are, but like yeah, like uh, pretty much the pretty much the people that enjoy the purge decide to come together and say, you know what, screw this. Every day is purge day. But I thought, oh, okay, I got to watch the movie because I'm all like, oh, no, at the end of election year. <laughs> I'm already like thinking about what happened, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, I recommend checking this one out. It's uh, very fun, uh, if, especially, like I said, if you like the other Purge films, they, it's more of the same. This one, I feel, has a little more action to it. I feel the story's a little better. It's yeah, obviously still a little on the nose, but it's still uh, very entertaining and easy to watch. And unfortunately, once again, just like most Purge films, feels like this could happen. <laughs> You're like, isn't this just what's happening today? Isn't this the news? <laughs> Pretty damn much. <laughs> you know, I don't mind the Purge films, but I'll be honest, I do find them a little which is something says something for me. I find them really low fruit, fruit political shit. Like, I feel like oh, it's yeah. like, this is what will happen if people don't control their anger and we have hate in our society. Like, oh, I feel absolutely. like, I don't understand how more people who are like, I wish stuff wasn't in my face all the time about like the Me Too man and his shit don't hate the Purge films. Like, I feel like the Purge films are, are the most in your face, like political horror films you could get to nowadays, modern, modern. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, it's like, it's slapping you in the Jordan face. Jordan Peele like, shit, like Jordan Peele stuff, like you got to kind of put on your thinking cap and yeah. be like, oh, okay, he's being subtle about this. The purge isn't being subtle at all. They're like, poor people need to die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know 
They're like, poor people suck. They suck our economy. Poverty is their fault and they need to die. That is like every single purge film. And pretty much like race, racists and white supremacists and crazy conservative gun nuts are the ones that would join in on the purge is basically what it always says. You know what I mean? Like, so anyway, do you think it's worth going to the theater to see? Yeah. If you can get to the theater to see it and you are a fan of the other ones, I would definitely recommend this. It's fun. I honestly, I like this one better than most of the other purge films. This may be my favorite one of the franchise. Oh, wow. What did you think of the one that came out that was after election year, but it was supposed to be a prequel? Oh, the prequel. I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, once again, that one felt really a little too, uh, close to home with like the way it focused on the poor country or not poor country but the poor areas and basically just like the uh racism that was put in on that one too like I but I I liked it I thought it kind of gave a whole uh another layer to the new founding fathers thing with the purge so we should do a purge series one day and like talk about the political aspects of it um not do not do movie review just talk about the themes and stuff and how it carries through we could probably do a full episode just on the purge films oh we absolutely could right um yeah interesting well thanks for for taking one for the team that is available at theaters they haven't released it on vod up here yet but that's probably because theaters are opening next week so we'll be able to see it in theaters up here in ontario Uh, i don't know if i'll go see it in theaters i'll be honest like i like the purge movies but they're not like Weirdly enough, they're not my main jam, which is surprising. Right. Well, and this is the same thing for me, but I, for me, I think it's just more, I want to go support the theater and I just like to support horror in theater as much as I can. Oh, look at me, my name's Scott. I'm just a supporter. <laughs> and plus, I mean, I can't pass up a giant tub of yummy, yummy popcorn. Mm, in your face. Nom, 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 it's nom, like nom, the size nom. of my damn head. My head's huge. It is. You live in Michigan. Big. Big head. Big head. Like mine too, my bull and ball head. <laughs> That's why we have a podcast together. Scott and I have unusually large sized heads. That's right. Um, to hold our giant egos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, oh, my giant ego. Um, <laughs> so the next one, Sandra Kane is Canadian. It's called Vicious Fun. And it's a 2002 film, sorry, 2002, 2020 film that was released in 2021. It's a 103 minute runtime. And I'll be honest, when I first saw this film, I was like, oh, how's this going to be? And it's great. Holy fuck, is it funny? Oh, um, the movie is fantastic. So basically, it's about a guy who stumbles upon a support group for um, killers. And all killers have a similar theme to movies that we know and love and then the shenanigans go on from there and this kid's a horror blog writer so he's like basically if one of us stumbled into this situation take any horror podcaster from any horror podcast that we know stumbling into this situation is basically what would happen oh it's so true (laughs) and it's really fucking funny like i was laughing out loud throughout this movie it's 103 minutes and i wish it was longer like it yeah. could have kept going. I was loving every minute of it. And it gets to the a certain scene where there's a drive-in. And I'm like, oh man, that drive-in looks familiar. Oh. And then it got to the end and I'm like, oh, tell Ontario, Canada. I should look up where it was filmed. And I'm like, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. No wonder I recognize the drive-in. I've fucking <laughs> been there before. Um, so it was it was really good. It's on Shutter. It's on Shutter. Let's see here. Shutter Canada, Shutter United States, Shutter Amazon Channel in both Canada and United States and AMC Plus. Uh, Scotty, what did you think? I freaking love this movie. It, uh, this is a horror comedy done right. And Absolutely. It's, it's got a total nod to like, because I think it takes place in the 80s, if I'm remembering correctly. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it does. Or like late 80s. Yeah, no, actually, no, it does take, uh, it is uh, in the future because I think it's a blogger or whatever. Like, so I think it's modern times, but it but has it's just weird, like an 80s he feel uses to a it. Phone. That is true. Well, I mean, in Canada, you know, third world country. So, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah, I'm going to purge you. <laughs> um but yeah I, yeah yeah i just found this a third world country <laughs> you're spending too much time with brandon Orley. i was just gonna say that was for brandon right. <laughs> but uh no like i really did love this freaking movie um it has like an amazing synth score to it that's why i was feeling it was an 80s film uh but uh yeah the characters are all fantastic and the villains in this are definitely homages to a lot of other like killers from other horror franchises and the main one is just cracks me the fuck up the way he just like constantly just changes outfits and he's like a chameleon yeah. yeah oh but yeah so much fun so much gore had some very creepy moments like once again this is a horror comedy that is done perfect by canada by Canada. Sorry, Zane. As always. <laughs> but this is in my top 10. Oh, yeah. It's in my, it will be in my top 10 at the end of the year. Like, my top 10 is going to be, like, horror comedies and, like, a sprinkle of other shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I think, and really, to be honest, out of all the mainstream releases, I think maybe only Candyman will make my top 10 if it is as good as i think it will be yeah i can see that and it's not that i didn't think saint maude was a good movie and it's not that i don't think one of the movies we're going to talk about very shortly was a good movie um or what else has been released to the theaters there's been a couple yeah kong versus godzilla yeah you keep considering that horror and i don't well it's because the horror nerds it's because the horror nerds are big kaiju fans so like it it just it fits in that genre that's fine if you i fucking don't care if you consider them the same that's cool um i'm trying to think of what else has been released to the theaters that i've thought has been really good oh spiral i thought spiral was really good i don't know if it'll be the top 10 for me but i definitely enjoyed it like it'd probably be my top 20 um but yeah like i i yeah even the theater watches and it's nothing against theater watches i just think they're you know when you're watching a little bit more variety of films and also when you have things like shutter and netflix who are really up in their game with movies that they're releasing i just think you begin to have more variety oh yeah like especially because you know like we are fans of some of the lower budget independent stuff and like a lot of the stuff that's in my top 10 right now is indie films yeah i have a couple shutter um and i have a couple indie um or just ones that aren't indie like they they have money behind them like i would say don't tell a soul i still really enjoyed that film and that had money behind it like that was a fucking good film so like and censor had money behind it so did sound of violence even though indie is still like had money had somewhat of a budget so it'll be interesting to see um, how this all floats out at the end because while I have stuff listed in my top 10 right now doesn't necessarily reflect what my top 10 will look like at the end of the year it just shows the movies in my bottom 35 now that I recommend that people watch any of the ones I have under the under 35 I think are worth watching for sure yeah oh same like I'm feeling right. pretty confident with what I have watched so far this year right so um and next one is you Oh, and I, right. yeah, I said where you could find Vicious Fun. It's a Shutter exclusive. So if you got Shutter, check it out. All right. So this one's a bit hard to explain. So I'm just going to read the synopsis real quick. But this is Gaia. Uh, on a surveillance mission in a primordial forest, a park ranger encounters two survivalists following a post apocalyptic lifestyle. 
The boy and his philosophical father seem to have their own religion and a mysterious relationship to nature. Many suspicious aspects to their existence, but when the cabin is attacked by strange post-human beings one night, she learns there is a greater threat in the emergent wilderness. This, uh, this one is so freaking well done. Really? Yes, I loved this. Where did you I've, find it? Uh, this one I found on our good friend's Plex, but uh, it is available on iTunes, Vudu, Google Play, and Amazon. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, this movie, it's very, it's artistic without being artsy-fartsy. So artistic done well. Yes. Um, and it's basically about like Gaia, Mother Nature, and yeah. like the types of things that can, uh, that almost feel like could happen in a way. Like it's supernatural, but not like the creatures in this are very unnerving and the makeup effects for them are incredible if there are fans of the video game last of us you will see a very similar resemblance of these creatures like they are very similar that's what this movie reminded me of last of us with the creatures cool. and but like it's yeah very well done amazing acting very good story very creepy and just such a beautiful film like this is a high high recommend like so obviously you recommend that people rent it yes any pay any price to rent this like if okay. like if you are if this sounds like something you like your type of jam it is worth is it lovecraft no are no you sure? it's, yeah i would say this is just more like I wouldn't even know what to call this really, but it, it's, it's yeah, just good. Very, very good. Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing it to the table. It's one I haven't seen or heard of. So it's hard to do nowadays. Well, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to bring my A game back again and, uh, you know, show you up. No. Well, you always show me up, Scott. Always. <laughs> You're just better all around. <laughs> oh, <many> ways. please. <laughs> so many ways. Uh, the next one is A Quiet Place too. Now, okay. <laughs> I like A Quiet Place. I think it's okay. Yeah. Now, that is not taking away from the incredible acting, filming, concept. Great, solid film. Much like St. Maud in the sense of like, I respect it. It's just not necessarily my jam. Yeah. How do you feel, Scott? Pretty much the same way, though. I think I like it a little more than you, but I think that might be because I seen Quiet Place in the theater and the theater experience was extremely incredible because everyone in the theater, I have never seen so fucking quiet in my life. Like people were afraid to even eat popcorn because it was just like they were afraid to make any noise. Well, yeah, of course, what you see what happens if you make a noise, right? <laughs> right. Um, um, my biggest issue is the whole fucking plot of Oh, we lost a child in the first movie. Let's have a baby in the middle of this horrible apocalypse of creatures that hunt by like any slight sound. And that just bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah, I know that plot point really bothers you. It does that actually doesn't bother me at all. Um, I I just assume because they're grieving so much for the loss they had that that they would attempt another child. I mean, I mean it makes sense, but at the right. same time, it's just like really you this is just gonna put all of you at risk babies are not quiet <laughs> no and i think that's reflected very much in this film um i i do love the acting i love the filming i like a little bit more of the backstory that we get in this film i enjoy that piece quite a bit um i found the first hour boring really yeah i did i i, I thought it was fine okay but i was like oh, i get it i and I will say the music is good, but it started to pick up for me when the action started to pick up. When I felt like there was more involvement of how things have progressed as a society, I found it more interesting. 
Okay. Right. Um, yet again, excellent film. Well done. I've just realized these two films are not my top films, but that doesn't take away from the impact that they have, what they represent, how well they're presented. It's just not my jam. Yeah, you know, it's fair. just not my thing. But that doesn't mean that they're not good. They're they're absolutely good. Similar how I felt about Midsommar. Right. Not my jam. Excellent film. Right. So. Yeah, for me, I would say I like the sequel better than the first film because there is mm-hmm. more action. Uh, you do get a lot more character development, I feel. Um, and the backstory of when everything kind of mm-hmm. happens, like I kind of like that. Like it was... I think all around a lot more uh, interesting because in the first film, it just felt like there was, you only seen one of the creatures and this one, you see a lot of the creatures. Like You do. And I think this one set the stage that clearly there'll be a third. Yeah. Um, And obviously this is going to be a series. You know, the first one was so successful that they were able to build on it. And I think that's great. Um, I think the character development, you're right. Like, I think the characters are really good. Like you care about what happens to everybody. Yeah. And that's incredible with not a lot of dialogue, just facial expressions for the most part, right? There is some dialogue in this, but it's minor. Um, Yeah. Great film. Just not my necessary jam, but I recommend that if you liked the first one, theater experience for this one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, if you like the first one, you're going to love this one is how I look at it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and that should be playing in Canadian theaters uh, soon. I did watch a copy from a good friend's Plex, which is how I was able to see it. Uh, but it should be available in Cineplex theaters this weekend coming up when we open up to stage three. So Yay. if you haven't had a chance to see it, please go ahead and check it out. And next one you've seen, I have not. All right. So the next one that I'm going to talk about is False Positive, which is a Hulu exclusive. Um, and this one, I'm trying to find the actress's name. Uh, it's Alana Glazer. She was in uh, the uh, female comedy Broad City on Comedy Central. Uh, the, but she is the co-writer and actress for this film. And she's the main actress. She was like, I'd say almost full term pregnancy when she was acting in this film. So her being pregnant in this film is really her. Uh, but uh, after months of trying and failing to get pregnant, Lucy and Adrian finally find their dream fertility doctor and the illustrious Dr. Hindle, who is also played by uh, Mr. Pierce Brosnan. Uh, but after becoming pregnant with a healthy baby girl, Lucy begins to notice something sinister through Hindle's gleaming charm, and she sets out to uncover the set- unsettling truth about him and her own birth story. And this is, I thought this was just a well-done film. Uh, I think for any female viewers, it will probably have even more of an effect on mm. them than it did me, because the uh, a lot of Gla- Glazer has come out saying that she wrote this story and it was basically her fears of when she was pregnant and a lot of like just things that she was thinking and uh, a lot of what she had to hear from others and stuff like that. So it's very woman focused, like on like the experience of pregnancy, which I thought was a very fascinating way, a fascinating take on this. And I thought she did a freaking fantastic job because she is just the loudmouth uh funny one on broad city and she brings just this like very like calm like just like very just like not over the top performance and i thought she did amazing pierce brosnan of course always fantastic but yeah i recommend this to anybody that is curious about the story i thought it was just very well done 
and I want to get your opinion on this one when you watch it because I I would like to get a woman's perspective on this. Well, I will eventually watch it for sure by the end of this year. So thanks for bringing it, Scotty. Where's it available? uh, This one is uh, exclusive to Hulu, so I'm not sure for Canada where it would be. So I'll have to watch it off of a good friend's Plex. Yeah, and that's where it's, I've I've already seen it on there, so. Or Crave. Crave. Oh yeah, Crave. Yeah, Um, So the final film that we're going to talk about is Werewolves Within. So this is a 2021 film. It is a 97 minute runtime. Scott watched this one first and then recommended it. It's really fucking funny. (laughs) Oh, it's great. (laughs) This is like Fargo on like that was comedy. (laughs) Like real comedy. Um, It's it's really good. It's it's a werewolf movie. And you don't see the werewolf till later on in the film, but it's, it's great. This movie is like a political movie, but it's, it's like, if you like Saturday night live skits, you'll like this film. This seemed very Saturday night live skitsy to me. And I like Saturday night live skits. Um, This isn't necessarily pushing a specific political message or anything like that, but they just make fun of everything. Like they just make fun of all groups and it's just, it's really comical. Yes. Oh, like uh, the part that got me right off the bat was when I seen Ubisoft Studios. I'm going, what? Ubisoft? They are a video game developer. What is going on here? And I looked into it and this is, I can finally say, I have found a movie based off of a video game that is actually good because that's what this is. This is based off of a VR game that Ubisoft made called Werewolves Within, which was about a bunch of people that would just get together and chat through virtual reality, but one of you is playing a werewolf and no one knows. And it's just the way trying to figure out how to do it. So they actually turned this into a movie with a lot of recognizable faces. Oh, huge. So many like recognizable characters. And so funny, like the line delivery was, there were so many jokes that I was, I was fucking dying. Like, oh, this yeah. is the year of horror comedy, man. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it to blue in the face. This is the year of horror comedy. And if you don't like horror comedies, you are missing out because there is some funny shit out there. Oh, absolutely. And this one, uh, I like how you compare it to SNL. I compare it to uh, Clue. because Yeah, a Clue's who, a good example, too. Who yeah. done it? Like, who done it horror comedy-ish? Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. it's got that like, whole mystery to it. And it just reminded me of Clue. And, man, so much fun. Like, I just loved every character in this. And... It just had me laughing from beginning to end. It's so silly, but it's just so highly entertaining. Like, I really, really, really recommend this movie to anybody. I think, you know, Dave C., I know you're selective what you watch. I think you will regret not watching this film. I think you will find it funny. I hope you do. Uh, I just think the comedy in it is, is hilarious. Like, it's silly, but it's it's funny. Um, yeah, I really dug it. So it's available on iTunes, Vudu, Google, YouTube, Amazon, and it's worth whatever rental you pay. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely worth it. Um, and that concludes our 2021 watches. We've we've done a pretty good job, so we've left you with some stuff to to watch. Um, list wise, Scott, where are you at with your list? How many have you watched? I am. Let me back out of this real quick. I am at 108. We'll probably be at 109 tonight when I watch the Fear Street movie. So I'm at 122. I'll be at 123 tonight when I watch the Fear Street movie. Um, I, I think I'll probably hit over 200 by the time we get to our awards. Uh, maybe 220, 225 at the most, which I think is fine. I think we'll have more than enough. Pers- I'll have more than enough to choose from that. Um, oh, yeah. I think once you hit 200 films, you you really do have an idea of what's good and what's not. And um, 
you learn each year, right? As you do this. And, and there's a lot of gems that I honestly would miss out if I didn't watch stuff. But I also do watch trailers, but we're going to get to talking about that. Oh, yeah. In our yeah, hour. like, uh, yeah, I, I will be surprised if I hit 200 this year. Um, I'm going to try for it because that'll just like, because that give me a lot of options for when we do our awards. I'll probably do a lot more uh, cramming in a lot of these movies that I may have missed on like by the last month before the year end or whatever, but we'll, we'll see where I'm at by then. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so we'll get into our older films and I'll bring up mine, I guess, first. Well, you actually have an older film this time. I do. <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, the Prowler for me, 1981. Have you seen The Prowler? A very long time ago. I don't remember a whole lot from it. So for our 80s shows, I was trying to uh, watch some uh, slashers that I haven't seen. And The Prowler was one that I haven't seen. I, I think it's Christian from Exploding Heads that says this one is boring. And I kind of agree with him. I was like, it's okay. I do, I do remember it being boring. It just had some decent kills. You know, it has some decent kills. And the guy looks like an angry G.I. Joe. And <laughs> I totally, like, I get it. I get his reasoning. Um, you know, I get that the whole dance is going on and like the killing that occurs from there. It's interesting. Like it is an interesting enough film. Um, I'm glad I watched it finally, but definitely not my favorite. It has a 3.0 rating on Letterboxd. Uh, I think that's fair. I do think it's, you know, yet again, well done, good character development, but I wasn't, it was okay. Honestly, it's not going to make my top five slashers. So I'm just glad I watched it. Uh, so I could at least say that I've seen it. Right. Yeah. I, I like, that's probably one I won't revisit because I know I just wasn't a big fan. And yeah, if you, if you felt it was still boring, I'm not going to bother. Yeah. I wouldn't bother. Honestly, like if you watched it once, I don't think you're going to watch it again. I'd be like, oh man, changed my mind. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So you want me to jump into mine? No, I want to skip over it and move to what we've been listening to because I don't believe you actually watched an older film. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. this one is thanks to my good old buddy slash roommate, Tim. Uh, he found this, like, found a trailer, and he was just like, oh, my God, this looks so ridiculous. We need to watch it. And that is Lumberjack Man from 2015. Uh, as the staff of Good Friends Church Camp pre prepares for spring break filled with fun under the sun, a demon logger rises from his sap boiler to wreak vengeance and Sorry, faith from on, where? Uh, from his, his sap boiler sap boiler okay i just want to make sure i got that right to wreak his vengeance and feast on flapjacks soaked in the blood of his victims what? this movie is <laughs> so ridiculous but oh my god is it fucking funny uh this, is it so bad that it's good yes i would i would say that like it is just it's got lots of tna that's just like oh man that's all like, tim wants no wonder he picked it <laughs> uh but like it's very silly uh like the lumberjack is hauling around this giant wagon with these <laughs> massive flapjacks that have like fake butter on top and when he kills a victim he pulls the wagon underneath the victim and the blood goes on them and soaks the flapjacks it's so oh stupid, my but it's god so Oh, but it's like actually like well made, like well shot. Uh, everyone definitely knows what type of movie they're in and they just fucking roll with it, which makes it even more entertaining. Uh, but I if you're in the mood for just something silly, turn your brain off and just have fun. 
I would recommend this because it is just it is so just ridiculous. Like I laugh so much during this thing. <laughs> That's crazy. I um yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna watch this, but I'm impressed that you watched it. So everyone out there, if you're interested, Lumberjack Man 2015. Where did you find this gem, Scott? So everyone knows uh, where they can locate it. I believe this was is this a Tubi on... classic or a YouTube classic. I think this might have been on Amazon Prime. Like uh this was not on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'll say it's uh, Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, Google, and Amazon again. So I'm assuming one is Prime and one is to rent. So if you have Prime, you could watch this bad boy. Yep, I'm looking it up right now real quick. Uh, See, you were supposed to come prepared. What if the people want to watch Lumberjack Man? Oh, actually, and I'm sorry. uh, No, it is not on Prime. It is to rent or buy, and it is one of the eight films to die for when those used to be in theaters back in the day. So do you recommend people renting this? Uh, for the price that they have, see, do they pay three, you to watch it? Yeah, uh, it's three ninety nine. So I would say, if this sounds like <laughs> you want to watch something ridiculous, go for it. But I won't recommend it to everybody because this one is you definitely gotta have a specific sense of humor and just know what you're getting into. I love that you brought this to the table today. <laughs> I absolutely love it. That's amazing, Lumberjack Man. I oh. sounds like a movie that we're going to make with Christian next year. So, <laughs> well, um, I mean, we could we could use a sap boiler and get that Canadian maple syrup going. Yes, exactly. Get the sap going, right? <laughs> so that was our older movies. Thank you, everyone, for listening to that. We have a, a 1981 classic and some garbage that Scott found. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, which is what Dan Chase says all the time. I know. <laughs> which I you can it. find on Anchor. Uh, You're welcome. So <laughs> what we've been listening to. So Scott and I are going to spice this up a little bit and bring something a little different to this section. So Scotty, what do you got? All right. So as people probably heard me talking about before, I've been running a bit low on podcasts to talk about. Too busy about. talking to hot babes online. That's right. But uh. No, like I've pretty much run the gamut of all the podcasts that I listen to. We've talked about them all. So I wanted to bring something a bit different. So what I am listening to right now is an audiobook. Uh, since I cannot watch- Scott can't read. Yeah. No, it's because <laughs> I can't watch movies uh, at work anymore. I decided this is a good way of kind of watching a movie in its own way because audiobooks definitely can uh, portray a picture in your head. So- uh, what I brought to the table today is called Monster Hunter International. I am on the third book of this series right now, which is Monster Hunter Alpha. And this is the one I'm going to talk about. But it's basically about an uh, independent group of people that are specialized in hunting monsters because monsters are real. And they are basically working alongside the government, but also not because the government also has their own monster control bureau that tries to hide monster attacks and kills anybody that tries to blab that monsters are real. But they are basically bounty hunters that get paid huge lump sums of money for killing any types of monsters. And it could be werewolves, vampires, zombies, uh, chupacabras of the United States. Yeah, (laughs) chupacabras, cults. Um, it is all sorts of like monsters they bring into this. And this brings in the elder gods or also known as the old ones, which are Lovecraftian horrors. Oh my God. He already lost me. (laughs) But this one, I would say, uh, the third book is about Earl Harbinger, who is the leader of the, uh, the monster hunters. And he goes to the UP of Michigan. (gasps) Oh, And while he is there, he is hunting down an old KGB agent 
who is also a werewolf, to try and stop him. And apparently lots of werewolves show up and start attacking in the upper peninsula of Michigan in the middle of winter. And I in just the galaxy, it. in the Milky Way galaxy, in the, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I just thought this was like a fascinating story. It's a fascinating story. Characters are amazing because it's written by Larry Correa. He does a fantastic job as a author, but I just thought this was unique because not many i don't i don't think there's any horror films or even horror books that take place in the upper peninsula and that is a great place because everybody is so isolated but i just uh, if you are if this sounds like anything like you would be interested in i highly recommend this series i freaking love it i've listened to it multiple times throughout like when i worked third shift there are eight books in the series now and a couple side books that have short stories in them as well but it's yeah, it's Monster Hunter International is the first book, and then yep, going forward from there. And these are very graphic, very adult themed books. Like how graphic? Oh, let's see. Uh, people getting their guts ripped open and like played with, and heads mm. ripped off, and people. Oh, like not sexy time graphic. Um, not in this one. Oh, that's too bad. But like, yeah, there is there a lot of the characters in this are great. But yeah, there's even like elves and orcs and. Every, every fantasy creature you've heard of is pretty much real in this world. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for bringing us, Scott. It's nice that we bring different things to the table and that you brought the audiobook today. Yeah, I wanted to do something different. I, I probably rambled on more than I should have, but you know what? Oh, never. <laughs> you, you don't talk nearly as much as you should. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you always have valuable things to say, unlike me. So anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to bring a channel called Stock and Talk YouTube on a, on YouTube, on YouTube, and it's with Barry Kowalski. So Barry has become, I consider a friend of mine. Uh, Barry is a podcaster that is located in the UK, and he has a YouTube channel called Stop and Talk. And he reached out to me uh, to kind of just connect because I guess he saw that I was a podcaster and, and whatever, and he listened to Scott and I's anthology episode, which was very nice. Thank you, Barry. He's a big anthology fan. And he records reviews of trailers. He records top five lists. He works with another gentleman named Joseph, who I shared Joseph's short film Grandmother that he made uh, back in 2018 to our page, which I think is actually very good for a low budget film. Uh, For a six minute low budget film, I actually think Joseph did a fucking phenomenal job. So please take a look at that if you haven't had a chance to. And Barry's really cool. Uh, Barry is very similar to Scott and I. He he very much just states what his opinion is, and he understands that everyone has different opinions. But recently, he did a top five, or not top five, he did an un- over, overrated, underrated slasher. Now, I know people fucking hate that term, overrated, underrated. I personally don't care if people use it. And Scotty, this is a man after your own heart, because he said prom night was overrated. Oh, snap. Right? Um, and he also said Friday the 13th part four was overrated, Hmm. but he had some good arguments, honestly. And it wasn't that he was saying that it was a bad film. And he even said sleepaway camp was overrated, but here's the reason that he gave if the ending, (laughs) if the ending didn't have what it has, it would have just been like any other slasher. And you know what? He's a fucking 110% right. If, if the ending of sleepaway camp, how can you argue against that? How is it any different than the burning? How is it any different than anything else? If that ending wasn't what it was, would Sleepaway Camp be acknowledged like it is today? 
I mean, it probably would not, but at the same time, I think it's the characters in this one that make it stand out. At least to I, I disagree a hundred percent. I think Barry is actually right on this because the characters are only that because of what happens at the end. Mm, not really. I mean, how, not, to me how not? How not? Well, I mean, uh, we got uh, her brother, uh, Angela's brother in this one that I just like, he just stands out to me as like a young kid that's just fiery. Like I love, I, I don't know. I just like the characters in this one. Like, I think stand you're, you're looking at it with bias because I think if we're real honest and the ending didn't have what it did, and I'm not trying to like argue with you. I just think Barry made a valid point. I think Sleepaway Camp is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. I think it's an excellent slasher. You know, I'm not trying to be like, Sleepaway Camp sucks. And if it wasn't for the ending, it would suck. But if it wasn't for the ending, I don't think it would be talked about as much as it is. True. I I, I guess I can see that. But I think that's also like why it is talked about is because of the ending, which makes it stand out. I mean, it's kind of a like, you can't take that ending out of there. Like, well, no. And, and, you know, you have that super awkward conversation with the aunt at the beginning, yeah. which plays into the ending, you know, absolutely. The construction of it, I think, and yet again, I know it's funny. We're like talking about Barry's channel. And now we're getting into a debate about sleep. We camp. <laughs> but I think that for him, him a, to take that stance, I think takes balls to be honest with you, because horror community is so fucking loyal to certain films that if you even say, I don't really like it, people freak out, right? Oh, yeah. Now, and he didn't say he didn't like it. Let's make this clear. He said that it's a good movie, but if the ending wasn't what it was, it probably wouldn't have the legacy that it does today. And I agree with him. I think it would have just, I think it would have been recognized as a slasher for sure. But I don't think it would have been recognized as the slasher and the impact that it had. Um especially with what they showed at the time, especially with the concept of what they were presenting at the time. Like that was huge. That was huge. Oh yeah. You know, we watch Fear Street and the main protagonist is, is, um, is a lesbian. And that would have been shocking in 1981. Now it's like, oh yeah, people are gay, they're straight, they're pansexual. Like no one, like some people still think that's a big deal. Some people are like, this is really great because it's empowering. And other people are like, okay, great. So you know, to use transgendered in the early 80s as a conclusion to a film, I, I got to agree with him. I don't think people, I think people were so shocked by that ending. I know I was when I first watched it. First time I watched Sleepaway Camp, I was like, oh man, it's like, I didn't know anything about it. I went in dry. Okay. I had, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I remember watching it and then I remember the ending. I was like, what? And it went up for me up to that point. I'm like, oh, this is a fun little stra- slasher. You know, it's probably one of the other little kids and he's, you know, getting revenge and okay, you know, I've seen this before, been there, done that. And the good kills, like I like the hair curling kill with the, with the like, you know, yeah, picking up with the JJ. And I enjoyed like the arrow in the throat. Like there was stuff that was really, really great that I was like, fuck, this is, this is awesome. This is a great movie. But when that ending hit, it changed everything for me to the point where I was talking about the ending in line at Dairy Queen that night with one of my girlfriends. <laughs> I remember you telling right? me that. <laughs> I wouldn't have been talking about if it was just Ricky. Oh, and then it was like this guy and he was like getting revenge. Like, welcome to every other slasher. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? That I, I think that, you know, that some validity to say that not that Sleepaway Camp's overrated, but that it probably wouldn't be talked about as much if it didn't have that ending. It probably, well, depends on that ending. Like if it's just the reveal of Angela, who she is. Like, but if it was, let's just say Angela was not uh 
whatever the character's transgender. name was. Yeah, transgender. Yeah, transgender. transgender, right? Um, but if they just revealed that Angela was the killer, I think that still would have been extremely shocking. Just because it was as a female? A, just because it was a young, quiet female. Hmm. I think it, at that time, I think it would have been extremely shocking. But do you think it would have had the impact that it has? It probably wouldn't have had the impact, no. Like, but mm-hmm. like, but that's why this film does have the impact because that is, ending is in the film. That's so. What you're arguing is it doesn't matter because the impact is there because that is the ending. So it's not yeah. overrated. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was a great conversation. See how good Barry's YouTube channel is. It got Scott and I arguing <laughs> with each other. So anyway, that's an example of the kind of stuff that you'll listen to on Barry's YouTube channel. He also reviews um, trailers. Like him and Joseph went on for like an hour about Halloween Kills. So if you're really interested in Halloween Kills coming up and you want to hear what the two of them have to say, Scott and I are going to watch it from now on moving forward so we can argue about things because like we don't debate ever. No. I was like our third debate in our history of like friday nightmares so maybe we need to do that a little bit more boy oh boy i'm i'm not great at debating you oh, were you much did, better at so you did but. fine though i got what you were trying <laughs> to argue but it'd be an interesting conversation right like i think yeah when we look back at films and the impacts that they have you're right like well if the ending had been different and i guess that you're like but that is the ending so it does have an impact i get what you're saying yeah it makes a lot of sense but i think that it's like, I think it's valid to say that there's other films that may be looked over because, and we see it all the time with our 2021 watches. Like we see it all the time. People just watch theatrical releases and what's on Shutter and Netflix and, and low hanging fruit. And they go, this year sucked for movies because right. they have never, ever watched an international film. Right. Or they're never, ever gone and been like, oh man, maybe I'll give this other shot movie a shot. Like if you watch less than 30 movies a year, I don't respect your opinion when you tell me it's a shitty year for that specific genre. I really don't because you haven't watched enough to tell me that. Like to right. me, that's just watching theatrical releases and shutter and then calling it a day. And you would miss out on things like, well, there's a Spencer lot of stuff that's on like shutter that I watched last year. Like it cuts deep and some other stuff too. But like, I just feel like you would miss out on other things. Yeah. Like I, like I, you could say like, you know, this year for me personally was not as good as last year, but I mean, I can't say it sucked. But how can you say that after watching 30 films? honestly i guess it really depends on what the 30 films are for honestly honestly then why do we bother watching so many films that we do because we have fun with it (laughs) no like i disagree i think if you watch 30 horror films and that's all you watch over the year and let's say you watch theatrical releases and everything that's released on shutter and you go this was a bad year for horror you're completely like oh yeah disregarding everything for you know low budget or any other international films that could have come out that are excellent like look at martyrs for example that came out in 2008 now i know i'm dating that probably that should have been the best film of the year if i was ranking films in 2008 i watched fucking martyrs i would have been like yep number one like it won't matter what else comes you know but if you're not watching international films especially back in 2008 and you're like oh it's a shitty year for horror like you know what i'm saying like i just feel like sometimes and i just i don't know and of course like it all depends on what kind of genre fan or how interested in something that you are mm-hmm. and if someone only want to watch is one wants to watch 30 films and that's all they want to do and they just want to watch theatrical releases and stuff i think that's fine but to then say it's a shitty year when there's 500 films that's been released that year and you haven't even watched two percent of them I, I just i don't think that's a valid argument i don't think it's backed up by anything it's not backed up by facts yeah that is fair right so Anyway, look what you did, Barry. <laughs> anyway, Thanks, Barry. Barry's, Barry's YouTube channel is available. Please check it out. As you can see, it's um very interesting stance that he takes on it. You may agree with him. You may not. You may agree with Scott. You may agree with me. You may think we're both full of shit. 
but I would definitely <laughs> recommend that you check it out. Um, so we'll take a brief break and we'll come back and we'll talk about our Cabin by the Lake episodes. After these messages, we'll be right back. Cha-cha. Hello? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Welcome back. Uh, As Scotty will be experiencing soon, we're going to be talking a little bit about going to the cabin by the lake. Now you're on a lake at the, is it camp or cabin? What do they call it? It's a cabin. It's a cabin. Is it, it's by the lake, isn't it? Yeah, we are actually nestled right between two lakes. We have uh, Beaver Lake and uh, Bass Lake. Yeah, you do. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Scotty's going to get some tail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Beaver Lake and Bass Lake, and I think it's uh, Beaver Lake is the one that we our cabin has the dock uh, dock on it, so where our speedboat is and all that. And then the other lake is, I'd say, about five hundred feet, six hundred feet away from the cabin, and it's a fishing lake. But, awesome. Yeah, like we are literally just like a little peninsula in between these two lakes. That's adorable. Mm. Well, nice. so cabins, camps, cottages. Um, I have a couple of friends that have cottages and. I've gone up to them. Um, one of my favorite cottage stories, oh, there's two. Um, my buddy's parents used to have a cottage up in Perry Sound and they were right on the lake. You had to actually take a boat to get to their cottage because it was on an island. And <laughs> we used to rent heavyweights and eat junk food every, like we would go up there Friday to like Monday and we would rent heavyweights at the, at the, um, video store nice and buy a whole bunch of fatty food and eat it and watch heavyweights <laughs> that was like what me and my buddy andrew used to do all the time oh, and that's awesome anyone that came with to the cottage it was like that was the, the tradition um we would go swimming off the dock and it was like murky water but murky waters never bothered me like also murky water and one time we went sailing and he was being a dick and he flipped the sailboat but he got it stuck in the sand and his parents were out with the other boat. So he had to connect the motorboat and pull the sailboat out. <laughs> like it was like literally oh, wow. like down to pull it out. Um, and then I had another buddy who we went to Tobamori and stayed at his family cottage. And, you know, at this point, his parents were there, but they were like, they didn't really give a fuck what we did. So my girlfriends and I were, there was three girls and we were all 17 and the guys were all of age and we were fucking lit the entire time we were there. Like it was just drink, 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 drink. And I met, here's a really cute story. So his next door neighbor was a family from Michigan. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And 
um, my buddy who I went up there with, I had a crush on and he kind of had a crush on me and we had kind of like talked about dating and we kind of like made out one night when everybody went to bed and he wanted to like have sex. And I was like, you know what? I don't think we should because my girlfriend was there and she really liked him. And I didn't ah. want to make her upset over the trip, right? Because I think we were there like Thursday to Monday. We were there for a little bit of a trek and this was probably like Friday night. So I go to bed and the three girls are sleeping in the one room and the guys are like in another room, right? It's like the parents didn't want to separate it, right? Like that would do anything. You could just go outside sure. and bang. But right. Fine, right. And I think there was a tent outside like that they left out in case someone wanted to go sleep outside. So anyway, my best friend, Michelle at the time, myself, Michelle and Kim. So Kim was the girl that liked this guy. And <laughs> so I fall asleep, right? And I wake up the next day and Michelle's like, oh my God, Kim and Phil went out to the tent last night. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, they, they, I heard them. They were making out beside me while I was sleeping. So he made out with me earlier and oh, then he was making wow. out with this chick, right? So they went outside to have sex, right? That was like, Michelle's like, I think they went outside to bang because I heard them like to ask if they had a condom or whatever. I was, I was fucking fuming, Scott. Like, oh, Scott I has seen imagine. me get mad a handful of times. Now, I'm also, when I tell this story, I was 17 years old and I'm not proud of the action that I did next. Um, it's not a way to handle conflict, but I was young and stupid and I have since apologized to him for this. So I was very, very irate. And... I came out and he looked, he wouldn't even look me in the eye. Like he wouldn't even look at me because we're all like making breakfast and shit. And my other buddies are there. My big buddy Andrew's there. My buddy Alex is there, Brian. And like, and Phil's not even making eye contact with me. Right. So Phil goes to the washroom and I follow him, which was like in another room. Like you had to walk through one room to get to the other room comes out. And I'm like, so did you fuck her last night? He wouldn't answer me. Scott, I raised back my hand. I fucking slapped him across the face. Oh, shit. I have, I have, I have hit two people in my life before. I, I hit another dude once, um, which I'm not proud of either. And <laughs> I don't think violence is okay. I don't think female on male violence is okay. I don't think male on female violence is okay. And I'm not proud of what I did. I was young and stupid and angry. And I was so mad. I couldn't control myself. And I just chose to do that. And even I've apologized to him since because we're still friends. And he's like, you know, Heather, I deserved it. I'm like, well, not really. Like, <laughs> you deserve for me to like call you out, but you didn't deserve for me to raise my hand to you. That was not a right. Way. But my buddy Andrew came in, saw me slap him, turned around, walked out. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Back to this dude from Michigan. So this guy from Michigan, like he had a twin brother and I'm not going to lie. He was pretty fucking hot. Like he was <laughs> better looking than Phil. Like he was like, really good looking like blonde blue-eyed built like you know so he comes by later and he's like hey i just want to know if heather wants to go for a bike ride and feels like heather's not here and i hear phil at the door i'm like yeah i am yeah i'd love to go for a bike ride his name was mike i'm like let's go mike so i ride <laughs> bike ride with mike and feels like all mad and um anyway we went to like this romantic like lookout and we we kind of made out a bit like just kissed and stuff and then came back and like oh my god it was such drama but anyway that's a long story to be like i made out with some dude from michigan back in <laughs> and i remember thinking michigan was so far away right i was like wow, oh yeah that's like that's like in another world right <laughs> And I don't even know where in Michigan he lived. Fuck, he could live in your city for all I know. Right. He could be from Shorts Creek, Michigan. I have zero memories of where he was from in Michigan. Um, but yeah, isn't that anyway? And we that got is like hilarious. really drunk and like would <laughs> like there's one video of like 
myself like there was actually videos of this because i brought a camcorder like like what you do in that age you camcord everything because there's no youtube You're right. and there was my buddy andrew and me and michelle got really hammered <clears> the next <throat> and we were doing row 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 your boat on land like we, we could barely walk and we're in this canoe that's like on the rocks like pretending to paddle it was just <laughs> fucking hilarious but yeah i i lost it on this dude we actually ended up dating we came back from the cottage and um, he apologized and we, and we dated for a couple of months. It didn't work out obviously, but, um, but yeah, not my proudest moment, not proud of it. I used to be for a long time until I got older and I'm like, that wasn't okay. But man, like, I was mad. Yeah. Oh my God, was I mad? Anyway. And I've seen you like mad before. So <laughs> I, I know like, I know how angry you can get. Oh man. And I just felt like I was such a fool, right? Like here I was trying to be considerate of her. Not right. because I was like, oh, I don't want to give up my special flower. It wasn't anything like that. It was, I didn't want to upset my friend. Right. And like, they were all making out of the same bed. Like the ballsiness of him, huh? Like he must yeah, have like is... a player player that weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is some fucking big balls right there. Holy right? But shit. But then she got upset, so we left with nobody. <laughs> and that's the shit that happens when you play that type of game. Right? Like, I think she started hitting on my other buddy that was there. And I was talking to this Mike guy. So he was like, I went from having the options of two girls that were interested to me to zero girls. Who were interested like, I fucked me. up big time. <laughs> anyway, that was such a, like, random story that wasn't part of this at all. But anyway, Cabin by the Lakes can have a lot of fun, apparently. Cottages <laughs> have really great memories. Um, and maybe you'll have a little love affair. Maybe with a bear or something up at the Ooh, cottage. Or a yeah. beaver. Well, if I see a bear, I'm just going to pretend it's Brandon Orlick. You're going to be like, hey there. Let me hey, rip what did that you hair. say to you earlier? You were like a chocolate dipped strawberry? <laughs> Something like that. Right? <laughs> he really oh. knows how to like send out the charm, right? With me, he's like, I hate you, Heather. You repulse me. Um, <laughs> if, I, if he had heard that story, he'd be like, of course you did that because you're a monster. Like he would totally make <laughs> me feel like shit, which is, which is fine because that's my Brandon. And that's what he does. It's it's like you two are brother and sister. I swear to God. Brother and sister that is sexuous, like the people under the stairs. <laughs> that's us. That's true. We aim to be that couple, actually. That's <laughs> that's our life goal. I should tell oh him that my. later. If he joins, I'm gonna tell him that's what I said. He's gonna fucking love it. <laughs> um, anyway, so I have a little article here about five reasons why cottages are sacred places, not because you slap dudes that are <laughs> Try making out with your friend instead of you. Um, cottages are not only a financial investment, which they absolutely are, because as you know, I'm sure when you guys go up there, you got to do prep with opening the cabin and stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Um, they are an investment in our souls. More and more people are renting and buying cottages. So there must be a reason beyond what we initially think. Cottage life is an investment in our health, as well as a great opportunity to spend time with friends and family without the distractions of a daily routine life. Participating in college, in college, college, cottage life <laughs> gives us permission to unplug from the business of our lives and to engage in the splendor and simplicity of the natural world. Do you find this at the cabin? Like, do you guys really disconnect from electronics and stuff when you're there? Um, For the most part, it just really depends on like what we're doing. Like if we're just sitting around and just relaxing, obviously like I'll be messaging you or anybody else, like just cause like I'm just sitting there. Or Brandon. But Yeah, or Brandon. But most of the time, like, especially in the UP, I don't get a very good signal. So it forces me to kind of disconnect. Like I'm not on Facebook much. I'm... I'm pretty much 
pretty much Dexie's barking. <laughs> oh, Dexie's like, stop talking about your trip, Dad. We'll continue. So he's not on Facebook much. He he does disconnect. And I think they have a VHS player up at the cottage. Or is it a DVD player? Yeah, it's a DVD player because I can bring my old uh, some of my DVDs up there because I've brought like Cabin in the Woods style horror films to watch there if we have like uh, shitty weather or whatever. So far, we've been lucky and haven't had like shitty weather the times that I've been there. And you um, walk around without a shirt on the entire time, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm just in my, I'm pretty much in my bathing suit the entire week, unless we're leaving to go somewhere. But like, yeah, like, because we have a, a sauna that's out, uh, separate outside cabin that we go to and we do a sauna swim. So we sit in there mm. and cook ourselves and then jump in the water. Uh, but yeah, we're at a bonfire most of the time. We even get uh, the next door because it, it's pretty much like the small little cabin community of people that come there during the summer. Yeah. And there's this uh, couple that always seems to be there when we're there. And they always bring their cute little uh, golden retriever and his Perfect. father golden retriever. And they always come and visit us and just like chill with us and play fetch with us. And but yeah, it's just like very just nature we like in the up like, so basically what they're saying here right is that it's a repeat yeah. for you guys you immerse in all the elements of nature taking the beauty of the surroundings and they're basically sacred blessings experienced when at the cottage that keeps you going back for more yeah so this person continues to talk about how her husband's a real estate owns a real estate uh company so he needs times away they take three hours to drive there and then they have to unload a boat just to be able to enjoy their getaway but the journey is well worth it so same with you it takes you like what six hours uh seven hours to get out there and probably about an hour and a half of getting the cabin all set up and ready to go because we have to turn the water on get the boat uncovered get the sauna ready so it's work yeah But then once you're there, you can enjoy the fruit of your labors. So here's the top five reasons why this person encourages people to attend cottages. So a cottage is a place to recharge and regenerate. I invite you to close your eyes for a moment, take a few deep breaths and visualize your cottage as a special place that you visit in nature. Almost immediately, your body response to this visualization is to activate the rest and relaxed part of our nerve system, sending healing hormones through your bloodstream. And this has happened just by visualization. Cottages are places for rest and regeneration, a break from the everyday mundane life. Cottages make the grind work of work grind of work worth the reward of being able to participate in cottage life. Well, we're going to have a couple of movies that are going to challenge that, but yeah, right. ideally, yes, um, that is exactly what it should be, unless you're in the last house on the left. So yeah. cottages are located in beautiful areas, allowing us to engage in the natural world. Studies show that the more time we spend in the natural world, the healthier we become. This is especially true for children. Spending too much time indoors, being inactive, puts us at the risk of health problems and potentially emotional issues. This disconnect becomes even more serious as a generation after generation spends less time outside. Very relevant, right? Like I think a lot of people get to a cottage and be like, all right, where's a Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. Um, So definitely being able to disconnect and to a certain extent, obviously, and and just enjoy your time is super valuable. Spending quality time with friends and family is lost in the modern society. Many of us say that we want more of this. However, it's likely to occur without the daily distractions of our day-to-day lives at home. Spending time at a cottage removes us from regular duties. Cottages are a place where special memories and family traditions are created. I couldn't agree more. Like I remember all my cottage trips with my friends and my parents when I was younger. Like I could recite all of them. I obviously won't because it'd be boring as fuck, but um, (laughs) it's true. Like absolutely true. Yep. And honestly, like I'd never really experienced the cottage lifestyle till about, you know, a couple of years ago when I started going to the UP with my cousin and my friends. 
And yeah, it's, well, no, that's not true. Cause there's been a few times with Tim that I went with him and his parents to their cabin that they had out by Lake Manistee and yeah. So yeah, there's been a few times, but yeah, it is just a nice thing to create wonderful memories. Right. Um, so spending time at a cottage creates a respect for the environment, which will, that will translate into future generations, children learn through model behavior. If they see their parents respecting the environment, then they will learn to do this themselves. Bearing witness to um, the beautiful nature through cottage living creates a respect for nature and in turn possibly becoming an advocate for an environment. This I will agree with. I work with a lot of environmental students who all say that like going up north has, has, you know, really motivated them. That also reflects privilege, but you know, the fact that they have that experience is pretty cool. And finally, cottages are a reflection of who we are and what we value. Our values and priorities are demonstrated by how we live and what we deem important. Owning or renting a cottage gives you a chance to enjoy and respect all the beauty and wonder this magnificent earth has to offer and an opportunity to look after it. So an opportunity to turn to in turn, look after it. Engaging in the natural world demonstrates our ability to unplug, reconnect to nature, family and friends, discovering that it's the simple things in life that matter and participating in cottage life allows more time for this to transpire. This is so holistic and kind. And then horror movies take it and smush it. They so do. Just like they, just like they always do. Take something just beautiful like, and peaceful and go, what if? They're like, hold my fucking beer. We're going to show you how shit can go wrong. So why don't we kick it off with this first movie that when you selected, I thought, I just won't watch the last five minutes. There you go, Scott. Tell us what <laughs> it is. All right. So the one that I picked uh, was Lake Eden from 2008. Uh, it was uh, released in Ireland, uh, 2000, September 12, 2008. Jenny, a teacher, and her boyfriend, Steve, head to a lake to spend a peaceful weekend. However, a group of undisciplined teenagers irk them with their continuous pranks, ruining their weekend. Man, this one was a first-time watch for me last year, and I think also for you last year. Um, but holy shit, is this a mean-spirited film? And goes to show, like, you know, you are in a thing because they are going obviously away for the weekend to a place they're not used to, going to this nice beach and all this. You're obviously going to have like other people showing up to the beach and you know possibly being rude and disrespectful. And these are obviously some punk teenagers. Well, you don't know these people and you are in an area that you are unfamiliar with. It's better to, this movie pretty much states, it is better to just keep your mouth shut and walk away instead of trying to confront and uh, fix the issue. Because this backfires on them horribly. Yes, it does. Um, I think the setup, though, to the lake piece is really well done. You know, he picks her up. There's that anticipation of driving up to the lake. They get, they stay in a motel the first night. And of course, this is a movie about class system, right? Like this is about elites and the working class in England. Like that's yeah. what the, the bare basis of it is, right? But if we look at the setting, you know, when they go down to the lake, he finds out it's being developed and he's really upset about that. And, you know, these kids run this small little town where the lake is. And I don't know about you, but when I've gone to you know, cottages, you do have those kids running around on their bikes and they think they own the place because it's a small town and like everything they have is within that town, right? Yeah. So there's social norms that are to struggle that they're developed within that town and how they interact. And, you know, when this couple gets there and they set up on the beach and literally it's them and these kids, 
um and the dog which i really liked the dog a lot yeah um, the beautiful rottweiler really well behaved too really well trained really oh, really yeah. well trained dog uh, these actor doggies are always really well trained actually yeah. <laughs> um but yeah like i agree i think the main you know is understand the cast system too and realize that you're gonna you know but the idea is that these guys didn't care they thought you know well you should act like this because we're prim and proper and this is how you should behave and these other people are like well you just came into our turf yeah right like it was very much a, a societal film but I think the setup of Lake Eden was very nice. I think the lake wasn't anything overly that special. Like, I don't get why he couldn't take her fucking somewhere else. Like, it wasn't like it was the most beautiful lake that you had ever seen in your entire entire life. Um, no. There was no toilets nearby. They just basically send up a tent on the beach, what looks like the most fucking uncomfortable thing to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I think the setup of going on this trip was painted well in this film. Yeah, and I was going to say, and this is like definitely gives the lake feel because you know with lakes especially from michigan or from ontario like a lot of lakes are surrounded by woodland Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of woods in like Mm -hmm. this is very like getting lost in the woods type feel to this film because it's just everywhere and like just very small sandbars for the beach Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah like this definitely has that excitement for getting ready to go away to somewhere a little secluded and just somewhere that you don't go to normally and obviously there was a romantic connection here because he was going to propose to her there and make this whole beautiful thing which you know is definitely what a lot of people do um but yeah unfortunately with the way this plays out like it's just once again you're out in the middle of nowhere you are basically an outsider to this area not knowing the social norms and it's not good (laughs) these kids are obviously like the teenagers that we knew growing up kind of like punk like anti-authoritarian and pretty much run the town like you said and yeah when things start going wrong these kids definitely take it up way more than most would like they are little freaking psychos and this is a very hard film to watch absolutely and i think that you know it really does show how they torture them using that wooded area near the water so we don't get a lot actually at the water the, no. the water scenes are basically pleasant scenes right it's you know besides the minor conflict conflict that occurs on the beach with the music and the dog and you know all that other stuff where it really does reflect is when they get into the woods and you almost feel the heat and the humidity yeah i, I almost felt like yeah i feel sweaty watching this i almost feel the mosquitoes biting me from watching this and I thought that was really well done I I thought the chase scenes that they had everywhere from when they confront them and the dog gets killed and things escalate and they get into the car and there's the accident and she goes to get help and she gets covered just covered in mud and dirt and grossness and they're hiding out in that little like camp cabin house thing yeah and they and like he's slowly fucking dying and when he went into the water all i could think of well he's dead now because he's going to contact what is it when you get an infection like, um all the bacteria and all that getting into yes yeah. you know what i'm talking about right there's a certain disease you get uh yeah Shit, septic septic yeah, yeah i was septic, just that right? was, septic was what i was thinking too Right. So like, I, you know, I think all of this really does like the worst case scenario of camping, you know, you've gone on this camping trip, you're taking back your love of your life, who you want to be your wife to where you were a kid and you had all these memories 
And then all of a sudden, you know, fucking chaos occurs and you're, you're, you're basically thrown by these group of kids from Lord of the Flies, um, you know, to, that you're going to die. Like it's, it's a pretty intense vacation well, gone wrong for sure. Yeah. And I'll say in the Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Flies, that's kind of a good comparison right there. I didn't think about that. Right. Um, but um, yeah, and then like the then the ending just hits and it's just oh yeah, I don't even want to talk about the ending. <laughs> the ending we'll, doesn't we'll, have anything to do with the lake. We don't no, have to no, I was it. gonna say we'll leave that to like we don't we normally spoil, but we'll leave that because that's just uh, that's just difficult to talk about. It is, it is difficult, to, and it's and yet again, like the the biggest point of this movie is society, class systems, and how people view what is right and wrong. Yeah, even with the subtleness of disciplines and stuff, but. You know, if we look at how they set up going on this camping trip, romantic times and shit going wrong and this you feeling the heat, the humidity, you feeling that being dirty and uncomfortable and trying to survive and her trying to get out of this dark abandoned area. Because when you're up north and you're driving through these dark fucking dirt roads and you can't see where you're going, this movie captured that. Oh, like absolutely. fucking 110 percent where you're like, oh, my God, am I going to make it out alive? Like it, it totally captured that really, really well. Yeah. Like th- these like this one especially captures isolation. Yes. Yeah, I agree 100 like, percent because there's like yeah. nothing around you. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it definitely definitely was a great example of camping cabin in the woods films gone wrong for sure yeah and um, uh i also gotta say i gotta give it credit like this isn't technically on the lake but when they go into the town it does remind me of like the small lake town community yes, that you would see absolutely. like in the country like that yeah absolutely the small little diner that they go to to get food the the way everything's kind of set up even where the hotel is like everything is set up exactly like and they're making like even the making fun of the locals and shit right like yeah yeah like i remember going to like this place in tobamori to eat and we were making fun of how like ancient it was and like how it was the oldest looking fucking place in the world but the food was actually really good but we were being real dicks about the interior and stuff like that and we referred to people as hicks because they live up in the country and you know you gotta gotta think like when you come up there as a quote-unquote city slicker and you're coming into people's space and you're being a dick like that. Yeah, I don't think you deserve to happen to you what happened to these people, but you could see how people yeah. might get a little frustrated. Oh yeah. I mean, well, right. a little and a little uh side note for me about the UP. Upers, as they're known, call us that are underneath the Mackinac Bridge trolls. Like, cause we are like the ones that just come crawling out of the woodworks during the nice weather to go and invade their isolated, quiet community for vacation time. And they literally call all of us under the bridge trolls. Well, and that, that reflects make, that how sense. they feel, right? Yeah. Like, say and even though, well, and even though you bring a lot of business, right? Like when I go up to my, you know, I've only been up there once, but my friend's cottage that's up in Halliburton, you know, Halliburton does have a college up there. It's a small town, but it, it it's very much a vacation place, right? A cap, it has like canoe stuff. It has like, you know, stuff that's geared up for if you're coming up for a vacation, that's what you're doing, right? So, you know, they do make their money off of that kind of thing too. So they can't be too bitchy. But at the same time, you know, when you're a dick and you kind of treat people like they're lesser than you because of where they live, 
you're going to have some, you're going to have some irritations and you're probably going to run into some conflicts, which I think like, like Eden does present, right? Oh, or absolutely. Eden Lake. I read this wrong. I put Eden, I put Lake Eden is Eden Lake. <laughs> really uh, I wonder if That's I funny. read that. I wonder if I read it. So it's Eden Lake. Lake we're talking about everyone. We may have said Lake Eden. That's I, our I, title for it. It's I may Eden have, Lake. I may have pulled an anchorman and read exactly what I was seeing on the screen. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I typed this wrong. I put Lake Eden. That's really funny. Um. Anyway, no, it's Eden Lake. That, by the way, Eden Lake. It's the movie we were referring to. So I guess we should jump into our next film. Oh, right. And I think so, this title's right, so we should be okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm looking at this one. This, this one looks good. Uh, but the next film we're going to talk about is The Last on the... Blah, blah, blah. All right, let me screw it up for what then. I know. We're just... It's because we're on our vacation soon. That's why. Right. Uh, the Last House on the Left, released March 13th, 2009. So yes, we are talking about the remake. A couple show kindness to a group of strangers, unaware that the same men just assaulted their daughter. But when they learn about their true identities, the devastated parents plan revenge. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, it's a bit different than the original because this one, they treat the last house and the house itself as a lake house where before I think it was their like home. So I think this is like their cabin that they go to like during the summer is how they treated this because mm-hmm. it shows the father, mother and daughter all driving there and taking these back road, back dirt roads with really no road signs and stuff like that, showing how isolated this place is and the, how the lake crosses over the river or lake crosses over the road, cutting the road off at one point and shows just how deep and alone they are in the woods. Yep. And yep, unfortunately, like most people know about Last House on the Left, this uh their daughter and her friend decide to go to a concert, I believe, or at least Yeah, it's I think it's a concert, yeah. And they end up running to one of the guys that basically is uh trying to offer them to uh, buy, smoke marijuana with them and they run into a lot of uh felons. Oh, and... do they ever? And then they are getting basically are basically held hostage and taken back to the woods where this like near this house and pretty much this is where all the horrific stuff happens. Now, this one, it definitely uh, once again focuses a lot more in the wooded area, not much on the lake. Like this one, I think the lake mm-hmm. is definitely not like the, oh, let's go to the lake and uh, like sit on the beach. There is no beach that we see. This yeah. one shows like it's true nature lake, like no, like no beach bar, no sandbars, no nothing like that. It's a lot of overgrown weeds and stuff like that, but it looks more natural. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one, I it almost looked like a pond to me because it didn't look like it was that big. Yeah, but it was. I agree. It, it looks like a smaller lake. Um, I do agree with you about the setup. You put it perfectly. They're driving up. He's falling asleep in the back seat. So you get an indication that it's been a long drive that they've taken turns driving to get to where the, the cottage house is. They have a guest house as well as the main house. Um, the daughter is obviously like, we have the scene of her swimming yep. to establish that she is a good swimmer, a strong swimmer, um, a competitive swimmer, right? That she's able to, that's good setup. Like I get why they had that in there so they could show the believableness of her being able to do, do what she does later. Yeah. Um, her going into town seems to take a lot less time which is fine. Um, her meeting up with her girlfriend is very different from the original Last House on the Left, which was they're going to go to a concert and they were going to go do a whole bunch of other things. This is more like she's there visiting with her girlfriend. They're just chatting. Her girlfriend wants the weed. So she takes her because, you know, there's that throwaway line of, yeah, I know you're training to be like an Olympic athlete or something now. Yeah. Right. 
Um, yeah. Sorry, go it ahead. Seems, and I was saying it seems like uh, in the original they go to like a big city. Yes. Uh, where they run into the char- characters of Kruger and Krug and his uh, Kruger and all his people. Um, but in this one, it's more like just a rundown hotel and like just like this little tiny yeah. town, like a lake yeah. town again. Yeah, like a very much like what you would find in some like lakeside shitty motel. And, you know, when they torture these girls, they, you know, we'll skip over the hotel scene. Like we get it. They yeah. torture them in the hotel and they kidnap them and all that shit. And when they're driving and it, you know, it also reflects how disoriented we can get when we're driving out in the cottage area and she gives them the proper directions. She's like, if this is what you're looking for, then you need to go left. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're like, oh, like she's one cool cat. Like she's been really great. And they're basically talking about making her part of the gang or maybe letting her live or whatever the case may be. Cause she's seen their faces now. Right. Like yeah. ideally these guys are going to kill her and her friend. Yeah. And I thought their escape was good. You know, the Jeep kind of runs off the side and then they're in the woods and that's where the sexual assault happens. There's some, you know, attempts to try to get away. They don't work. And then the final scene of where she does get away, she heads out to the lake. So we get back to the lake scene again and she's swimming, trying to get away and he's shooting at her and then eventually hits her. Uh, But I think that whole setup, the lake scene and everything else, the isolation of it very, very well. Yep. And I like... uh... I like that the whole thing where it says, you know, the, the lake goes over the road sign uh, actually comes into play because that's how they get into the accident because the guy drives right past that and crashes because of the, like going through the road and there would be not a road there anymore. Yeah. So I, I like that they brought that back and that's how this accident happens. Like, and they just lose control of their vehicle and then they're in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely. Right. And when they arrive at um, the parents' place, and there's that kind of, I think the acting in this is actually really good, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I'll say they got really great actors for this film. Like, I believe the awkwardness that's happening between them. The rain It's raining, it's really shitty out. They talk about not being able to get a cab. He's a doctor, so he's doing some basic medical treatment on them. Like, I honestly thought the interactions between everyone was quite good. Yeah, because it's like, because it's basically just like, okay, these strangers who definitely don't like seem to be uh, like make us uncomfortable are now at our house late at night we're pretty much stuck with them because we're not going to kick them back out into the middle of the storm in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. all right let's try to just make some awkward small talk and like you know this is it definitely puts you in that awkward position of the parents like you huge feel awkward so small awkward. talk right and like how they're trying to prevent justin from saying anything and i know this you know we're not doing a comparable comparison to the original we're just looking at this movie because I know there's probably people out there that are like, it's not as good as the original. And that's fine. The reason why we use this film is because it does reflect, you know, going to a lake house and yeah. being at a lake. That's why we used it. Um, I think the sleeping out in the guest house is a great, like they send them out there. The weather's really shitty. Somehow the daughter manages to pull herself up to the house. It makes sense that she would have water in her lungs Mm-hmm. because the bullet went into her back and it makes sense that her dad would be able to get it out like i will give this film credit for a lot of the things that it does you're like okay there's a reason for that okay there's a reason for that yeah um and it does set up like the closest thing is six miles we don't have a car how are we going to get out of here right yeah. like i think it does set up that isolation of being at this lake house the power is down the phones aren't working what the fuck are we going to do Yep, we are completely isolated and alone right now, and we have to deal with everything that's going on. And like, 
they, you know, they even use the to their advantage when they find out what the, this gang of people did to their daughter. Right. Um, and I think the kills in this are great. I think the, you know, the guy coming back in and there's like that awkward sexual tension that the mom's trying to present. Yeah. I think the acting between the two of them, actually, some of my favorite scenes, because I think it's actually really well done. Yep. Because, yeah, like she's like kind of just giving that like subtle hint, like they're like she's might be trying to subtly say something else to him. And he's like thinking, oh, there's more to this than what she's saying, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, like they're really going to hook it. up and shit. Yeah. Right. So I just I think it's a really that's a really well done film. The whole setting is really is really well done. Like you really do get the feeling of isolation, the fights that occur between them and all the multiple characters like when they when he breaks into the guest house and he attacks her and shoots Krug and Krug jumps out the window and Krug's fucking around at the top of the lake house or you know even back to the comments that they made of how many houses do you guys have because it's a beautiful lake house cottage thing that they have and then of course at the end they get away on the boat um, yep. you know and then you get back right and then you get that kill scene at the end I wonder if they added that in in the movie like you know the one the microwave yeah it felt like it because that just there was no reason for that kill like i mean obviously there's a reason to kill krug but mm-hmm. the way that it was done just felt so off from everything else like yeah there was no lead up to the whole microwave thing and the microwave wouldn't work with the door open in the first place so, yeah right so it just felt just tacked on for to show some really awesome gore head explosion yeah. and i I, I think the effect looks cool. It just doesn't make any sense and just kind of takes away from the film, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I I think this, you know, the best, honestly, if they had ended just when like Justin doesn't die, they leave with him because he tries to intervene and their daughter and they take off in the boat because that's what they have to get away in. Like, it made sense to me. That, like, that yeah. kind of sums it up as like a cottage lake retreat thing. And it presents it well. You know, depending on how you feel about this movie compared to the original, that's not what we're talking about here. It's just how this movie presented, you know, the cottage lake cabin life. And I think it did a good job. Yep, because it does the isolation. It does the small little lake town really mm-hmm. well again. Uh, once again, like lots of the wooded area. Lots just... They focus a lot on being lost in the woods and like, you know, how isolated you truly are, which is, you know, what it feels like to be on these types of uh, cabins in the woods type stories. Absolutely. So why don't we get into our next one? All right. So the next one is a Finnish film called Lake Bottom from August 16th, 2016. Four friends are spending the night at Lake Bottom where Unsolved murders took place many years ago. The young men are determined to venture into the dense forest to solve the mystery. And yep, now this is uh, one that we both watched last year. And I, yeah, I did not expect this film to go the way it did. Um, yeah. It had a very awesome twist to it, but I really do love the uh, idea of young kids going, all right, so there's been talks of murders happening out here we're going to be the ones to try to figure this out. Like it's total like dumb teenager thing, like to try to do this. And yeah, like the two girls end up wanting to come along with them. And like this one, there is no cabin. This one is a tent out in the woods right next to the lake. And this is a huge, beautiful lake. Uh, yeah. Like has a huge giant cliff side and the water looks all just beautiful and clear. And it takes a lot of, it takes place at night. So you don't get to see a lot mm-hmm. of the beauty during mm-hmm. the sun, sun but 
yeah like they even shows them like you know washing in the lake and you know just using the like if you're trying to live out in nature what you would do i do think Um, it's funny that the girls had like these huge big suitcases that the guys carry down for them to the tent right i do think that's really funny it did set up like a bunch of teenagers heading out to figure out this mystery it's actually really like wide spaced area that they film in there's not a lot of trees in that specific area so you see the tent it's kind of like up on some rocks it's cold enough that they're breathing and you can see their breath mm-hmm. um which i think it's interesting that even one in the water anyway those poor actors and actresses it must have been cold as hell when they went oh, in right um and i i do think the whole buildup of the mystery of the lake is presented well the reason why they go um this girl really likes this guy but there's been a belief that he sent these new like claimed that there was nude pictures of her yeah, that was sent around the rumor. right and the really nerdy geeky guy that's there and trying to figure out what's going on the creepiness of trying to scare your friends in the tent i think that's really well done yep. you know that happens like when you go away with friends and trying to creep them out and stuff and then having to use the washroom in the middle of the woods and of course when the twist happens and uh spoiler the girls murder the boys um well the one boy and yep they get rid of the body even then it's a beautiful setting of like you know they really thought through which explains their big suitcases yes because they have like these giant freaking hazmat suits that they use themselves from i don't know what they use them for honestly because they were already covered in blood yeah so like i don't know what the point of those suits were supposed to be but like you know they have this all planned out ahead of time where they like put them in these uh like body bags and tied rocks to them uh tied rocks to the body bags so they could throw them over and obviously this freaking lake is really deep where they were because they threw the bodies over and the bodies go way down yeah and but they end up making the mistake of forgetting the car keys which they were going to use to get rid of the vehicle as well just so there was no evidence of them being out there and they have to go and get the keys out of the body bag and yep I, did they ever i can't i can't remember but they didn't actually get rid of the vehicle like they were supposed to either they well ended up they did because they crashed because they were fighting because she finds out that her friend made up the rumor and that nothing actually happened because okay, see, her friend I, was in love with her i was thinking they were going to drive the like their plan was to drive the vehicle into the lake is what i was thinking i thought they were going to get rid of the car eventually too but they don't get a chance to yeah so anyway and then they get stranded and then that other dude comes takes them back like real killer takes them back to the area and then stages the murder and i think that setup is just super super well done yeah because there was like twist upon twist in this that like worked so well like and once again you no one around this is deep perfect. deep in the woods. perfect isolation camping cabin horror absolutely for sure yeah um, this one really focused a lot more on film. the lake too yes like the whole thing's basically at the lake right you have a couple of to it but the majority of it is at the actual lake for sure um now yeah, really really solid film i think it's a great example of isolation horror yeah it absolutely is and like uh yeah, like you, because yeah, there is no one around. Um, and yeah, this shit could easily happen. Like it's believable. Yep, absolutely. So the next, the final film of our topic today will be "What Keeps You Alive," which was released on March tenth, twenty eighteen, a Canadian psychological horror film. Canadian Sander, right? <laughs> Written Sander. and directed by Colin Minahan. It stars Hannah Emily Anderson and Brittany Allen and follows a young woman fighting for her life as her wife's murderous intentions become evident. Uh, now, this film uh, really 
focuses on that whole lakeside community because this one has like mm-hmm. the really nice lake houses wrapped around the entire it's lake. Muskoka. That's Muskoka. Like that's okay. legit a community in northern Ontario. Okay, because this one actually reminded me a lot of like where I go in the UP. Like the lake really? that we're on, you look across the lake and you just see all these beautiful lake houses with docks leading into the same lake and like obviously still isolated and far enough away from each other. But yeah, that's what this movie felt like to me. Yeah. Um, and this is one that they are, I guess this would be considered their honeymoon. They're going to uh, the uh, one, the girl's, the wife's uh, It's lake a house. one year anniversary. Oh, one year anniversary. Okay. But yeah, they go to the wife's uh, family lake house that she hadn't been to in, at least she said hadn't been to in a long time. And once again, this is uh, probably my favorite of the four that we did just because mm. this has the whole relationship horror aspect really yeah. focuses a lot on it. Like you don't know who you have married type situation. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, that's that's a different uh, topic with the whole relationship thing. But I still mm-hmm. that, I said to bring it up. But um, yeah, this one has that once again, isolated, but yet also not completely far away from other people. Like, yeah. so there is like that chance of if you can get to somebody, you're safe, but the lake is very fucking huge mm-hmm. and looks like what did she say? Like is 350 feet deep or 350 meters deep or something like that. The deepest yeah. point in the lake. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's, um, it definitely showcases going out to Muskoka, going to a very well established lake house um, and the kind of romanticized version of it. And then the neighborhood of like, oh, I didn't see anyone. I haven't seen anyone at this lake house for years. And that her friend, her former friend coming over to see who's there. Yeah. Right. So that's very much like, I'm sure that happens in the UP too, right? These Northern communities, they kind of look out for each other because you're not at that property all the time. Yeah. So you do expect other people in that neighborhood to watch out for your property because, you know, who knows who could be coming or going and you don't want stuff to happen to your property. So I think that that, paints a picture very well to what the community is like I think the hiking is very like beautiful I think the running that she does like kind of shows the Muskoka landscape really gives the impression of isolation because you just see nothing but trees and then when the betrayal happens you know the wife finds out that the person that she's married had this friend that they suspect that the other girl suspect had something to do with her drowning and she never mentioned this death of this friend to her or anything like that. And she kind of tells this really weird story about her finding a black bear or something like that in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then she pushes her off the cliff. Yeah. And, you know, that scene right there is shocking because, you know, something's probably going to happen. Like you get an idea that stuff is not right here. And then she pushes her. And then the whole kind of cat and mouse game that they play for the rest of this movie that is filmed on land and then on water at extreme point and then when the couple that they kind of loosely have met now engages with them is so well done oh it so is and i uh wanted to bring up when you're talking about that story of like her friend that died or whatever uh it also kind of represents like childhood at this lake oh yeah me and my friends we we're just trying to swim across the lake see if we could actually do it type stuff that is totally like stuff that you would do as a kid like if you were good Absolutely. swimmers Absolutely. And it just kind of brings that whole lakeside community again, like being the kid at those types of lake houses. And yeah, like you have like the, it even shows like you have the different boats, you got a rowboat, you got a couple different robots over here, robots over here. Like you have mm-hmm. all these, and 
that's how these people would like besides you know driving a long distance around you could go visit your friends on the lakeside by just taking the boat out to the lake and going to their dock it just Mm -hmm. has that total lakeside community feel to it and i love that about this film like yep I, i couldn't agree more i love when they're out in the water and they're having that conflict and the guy the husband starts talking to them from his dock, right? Yeah. And that awkward interaction and they have dinner later that evening and the woman, the the wife that's in danger, the partner, I guess, alerts her to what I think it's Sarah's interintentions are. And she slices this husband's throat. She comes back in, she kills the husband's wife. And then now it's just back to those two again. Yeah. And her being like, I've done this before. I killed my first wife. I went and cried at her funeral. I grieved with her family, but I felt nothing. Like she's a sociopath, right? Oh like, yeah. And the and the thing about it, I don't know if sociopaths like sit there and tell you that they're a sociopath. Like I think that involves some level of emotional intelligence if you know you're a sociopath. But you know, I can forgive it for the sake of the movie. It's it's fine. Yeah, and but yeah, <clears throat> this one does have the whole like you were saying the cat and mouse in this one with the. Because obviously Sarah knows these woods like the back of her hand because mm-hmm. she grew up on this property. So she knows like all the ins and outs. And uh, I'm not sure, I can't remember the other character's name, but like, yeah, she's helplessly lost and horribly injured from her fall. And oh, like, is completely like, disoriented. Injured. Yeah. And dehydrated. And like, and then she tries to feed her in the morning. So like, because she needs her alive for like the health insurance. For the autopsy. That... And yeah. Oh my God. Like, it's really like, it's really dark. It's actually a really dark isolation. You know, of course you go away with your partner and you don't worry about anything. So your guard's down, you're all the way at this, you know, beautiful cabin or lake house on this lake and you're isolated. And then you have the two people that could have helped you are gone now and you're just trying to survive it. And it really like what keeps you alive is actually a perfect title for this film. And, and I know I mentioned it on my top five Canadian films. I think this film is, is awesome at building suspense. I think it uses Muskoka beautifully. I think it reflects going to away with someone who you trust to make those memories that we talked about in that article and then making a whole bunch of different memories that maybe aren't so good. <laughs> right. Okay. And this one is just, uh, once again, another downer ending too to this film. But like, it's the ending that I don't mind, like, because of the way the revenge happens as well. Right. But like, uh, yeah, like it even ties back to the whole like uh, bear in the woods dying, like the way Sarah like is handling everything by the end. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, like once again, just, yeah, I, this, I would love to go visit this place. That's how much I love the setup and the scenery of this. This place was yeah. beautiful. Muskoka is beautiful. It's very similar to the UP, right? Like I, but it's, I think they capture, I just think they capture the whole, you know, making memories thing well in this one. I think yeah. this one, like Lake Bottom's more of like group of kids getting together and having a good time. Woo! and then drama happens you have the romanticness of uh, you know eden lake or lake eden as scott and i have renamed it um <laughs> of eden lake as you know where they're out you know on a romantic adventure and then you have the last house on the left where it's just a family's cottage yeah. that they go to like i think it's we've managed to take films that highlight you know different different atmospheres that you would engage in these lake house adventures and all of them do reflect that experience really well so if you're looking for a horror movie to creep you out before you go out to a cabin these are some great examples yeah like i would probably take all four of these films with me if i uh, went to the up if i had them on dvd 
Though I think everybody there would probably be like, why the fuck did you bring these, you jerk? <laughs> Do any of them like horror? Uh, pretty much only uh, my cousin's wife, Christy. Yeah, that would be awkward then, <laughs> right? They'd be like, what the fuck? Well, though, what keeps you alive isn't as much, like it's horror, but it's also more of a mystery and thriller too. Like yeah. you could probably label that thriller and get away with it. I don't know if you could with the other three, but definitely right. with what keeps you alive, you could probably call that a thriller and people would watch it. Yeah, that one would definitely fit that category a lot more. Right. Um, so yeah, great selection. Scott chose these, I believe. I don't think I chose these. Did I? Uh, you chose uh, Last House on the Left remake and What Keeps You Alive. I did Lake Bottom and uh, uh, Eden Lake. Or Lake Eden. Yeah, Lake Eden. Like, as it's an alternative title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that we made up today. Um, that's So yeah, great choices, Scotty. It's good to send you off on your trip. Yeah, I'll say like, once again, because I think we did the whole Cabin in the Woods uh campground uh episode like right before i went on my trip too so it's kind of fitting that we did this again <laughs> we just keep the good times rolling here that's all we, we do. do here friday nightmares speaking of the good times rolling we're going to jump into our out of the dark segment and this is where we stole something from exploding heads uh-huh. uh, exploding heads on patreon so as uh, scott and i are loyal patreon fans of exploding heads so loyal we have their faces tattooed on us on um, my bum Mm-hmm. You better believe it. So they had a debate about trailers and not really a debate, but a conversation about how some people choose to watch trailers. Some people choose not to watch trailers. And some people are very adamant about what their choices are when it comes to trailers, whether to watch them or not. So I thought Scott and I could have a conversation on our personal views of trailers and how we use trailers. And, you know, if we think there's any issues with spoilers and stuff like that, that people should be conscious of online. Yeah, Uh, I guess I can kind of go first. Um, But yeah, pretty much I have always been the type that will watch trailers. I love trailers. It's like when I go to the theater, it's one of my favorite things to see is like the trailers before the movie. I just love that shit. Uh, Yes, a lot of these, especially the big budget movies, spoil the fuck out of the film a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get clever ones like Hereditary that made you think it was a completely different movie than it was. But uh, I'm the type that even if something gets spoiled, I'm already planning on going to see the film and I don't care. Spoilers don't bother me. Like, yeah. unless there's like some major, major twist at the end that might like kind of change the way I view a film. But most of the time, like, yeah, spoilers, I, I, I don't mind them. I watch trailers because I want to see what's coming out. And if I just went by, say, the title of a movie, it would always be just, oh, a new Candyman. Okay, I'm going to go watch that. Oh, Halloween. Okay, I'm going to go watch that. It'd be just the same old, same old movies. But however, we are blessed to have our good friend's Plex account. And there is a ton of 2021 movies on there. Mm -hmm. And what I tend to do is when they upload a bunch of new films, I will go to YouTube and watch the trailers to decide if these films will be worth my time to watch or not. Like, because if the trailer does not sell me for some of these films I've never even heard of, I won't watch it. Or like, or if there's one trailer that I'm, or, or there's one movie I see and I see the cover and I'm going, oh, that looks kind of cool. I'm going to check out the trailer just to make sure this cover is not lying because sometimes mm-hmm. covers are a bit deceitful. Um, 
so yeah, I I use trailers See, as a Daisy's way. Daisy's like Scott. That's why I have my cover test, and I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if you just followed my cover test. Well, Daisy, I'm terrible at guessing covers because there's some amazing covers out there that I, or at least covers I think that are amazing, and then they disappoint. <laughs> Topic for one fifty one. Daisy's cover test. You're yes. welcome, exploding heads. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I use this kind of like my way to research if for the newer films, if a film is going to be worth me checking out, especially now that I do not have the ability to watch movies as often as I'd like to. Mm -hmm. My time is a little more limited, so I got to make sure what the trailer showing me is something that would be worth me to watch. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I I personally like, here's the thing, Halloween kills. And I'm going to say something that's going to maybe upset Halloween fanboys. All Halloween movies are basically the same except for Season of the Witch. Yep. Like, the format is relatively the same. Michael Myers is going to kill a lot of people. It's how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Yeah. And probably won't die, or you'll think he died, but he didn't die. We know this now. Um, I don't need to watch Halloween Kills because I know I'll go watch Halloween Kills. I didn't need to watch Halloween 2018 because I knew I was going to go watch Halloween 2018. Yep, because you already knew what you were going to get into because it's something familiar. I'm not going to walk into Halloween 2018 and be like, oh my God, this is such a different concept. Michael Myers is now like Freddy and is a smart ass talking killer. Like, you know, like, and, and, uh, for me, it now if someone watches the trailer and they're like, "Oh man, this this such thing happened and this such thing happens in the trailer," I'd be like, "Okay, not surprised." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we know that there's another one after Halloween Kills. Yeah, so we know there's going to be a cliffhanger at the end of Halloween Kills that's going to set us up for a year that we need to wait for whatever the next one is. What's the next one called? A uh, Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Right. Sure. Go. So, <laughs> sorry. So true. Which is fine. You know what? Make 18 fucking billion Halloween films for all I care. Do whatever you got to do, right? But like, if I'm going to go see, I liked the first Escape Room. Yeah. I don't need to watch the Escape Room 2 trailer. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to go see it. Maybe I will watch it. And here's the thing. If I think it's being too spoilerly, I can either change the channel. I can hit pause on YouTube. There's lots of things I can do to make sure I don't see any more of it that's going to spoil it for me. And I do the same thing with Plex. I may watch a trailer for a film and I usually watch it for any new releases on a specific Plex that account that we follow because this individual has access to a lot of films. And, you know, if I see on there that there's a whole bunch of trailers, I start watching a trailer, I can decide within five seconds whether I want to keep watching that trailer or not. Yeah. All right, I can look at the quality. I can figure out what's going on here. If it looks like it was filmed on a handy cam and it's not found footage, I'm like not interested. Right. Right. If And then here's another thing. If I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is really good. You know what I do? Shut off the trailer because I've decided I'm going to go watch it anyway. Yep. Yeah, I'll say like that's me. Okay. I, I can't help myself. I'll still watch the full trailer. Like, but that's just me because I'm just like, oh, this looks good. But I want to continue watching. And that's fine. <laughs> like the point of trailers is to make you enticed yes so there's certain movies that we all know that we're probably going to go see because we're fans of that series or it's you know a remake of a specific horror film i think though the moment you decide to have a social media account you expose yourself to a variety of things you expose yourself to opinions that may be different than yours you expose yourself to um 
people that may not like you or people that may not think like you. And that also includes spoiling of trailers. Yep, because some people are dicks. Um, not even just for spoiling of trailers, but there have been, uh, this was a really big issue with a lot of people that were Game of Thrones fans that did not watch the episode like immediately as it aired. And you would see memes made of like, oh, check out these things having nothing to do with Game of Thrones. And then the last thing would be like, oh, so-and-so died. Ha ha ha, just made you, just spoiled the episode for you. Just because there's people that are dicks out there that want to just ruin it for other people. And yeah, yeah, like you got to know if, especially for something big like Game of Thrones, if the episode just aired, you will need to stay off social media because it will get spoiled because people are not considerate of that and they want to talk about it. Right. Like if I want to know the results of a sports game and I had to go to bed, let's say, or I missed it, I'm not going to open Instagram. Yeah. Because if I, let's say, follow the Raptors, I'm going to see what's there. Now, some people out there are like, well, that's not fair. Well, that's the way life is. So if you are choosing to not watch trailers and you get mad when other people spoil shit for you and you're on social media, I understand your frustration and I agree with you, but welcome to the world of the the world wide web. And it's the price of admission. Yep. Cause I mean, unfortunately like trailers are trailers for a reason. It's to get people talking about the film. Right. And honestly, if, if I don't want to know about something, then I don't go on that. Now I know it's something like Halloween kills, you know, the movie isn't coming out till October. Yeah. So the trailer drops now, people are going to stop talking about it in two to three fucking days. Okay. Like once everyone blows up, Oh my God, can't wait for the Halloween kills trailer. Oh my God. Did you see this fill in Easter egg here? Oh my God, I can't believe they're bringing back this for the Halloween Kills trailer. Like eventually that's going to fade after a couple of days. So either you kind of suck it up because, you know, I'll be honest, I'm friends with people on Facebook that share shit that I don't even like. I find that straight out, I find offensive sometimes. You know what I do? I scroll on. I don't bring it up to them. I just go, oh, well, and I just move past it Yep. because I'm choosing to not let that affect my relationship with them. And I go, oh, if I don't like it, I can just move along. Yep. And I was saying like, for me, if there's something that like someone, like I'm friends with somebody, but they keep posting stuff that pisses me off, I'll just unfollow them. I won't unfriend them. I'll just unfollow them. So I don't have to see their stuff. Well, and if you do unfriend them, you unfriend them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's your decision too. (laughs) You're allowed to do uh, that, right? I think there's ways to kind of like unfollow groups for a while. So like, yeah, if there's like a big Halloween trailer spoiler, um, you should be able to just unfollow the groups for a couple of days because just don't go to your Facebook app for a couple of days. Yeah. Use messenger, right? Because really what does Facebook do besides provide information socially? Like if I want to know, for example, I wanted to go to a restaurant tonight, it's raining here. So I go to their Facebook page to see if they're open because that's more likely to be updated. I can still go to the, go to the search bar. I can just open up Facebook you know, I can see whatever is last there. I don't, you know, in this case, it's Android virus and his <laughs> meaning of postings. And I can click on the magnifying glass and I can go thirsty cactus. because That's the name of the bar I like. And I just look to see, Yeah. you know, I, like you can do that still. And I just, I understand that it's really shitty that people go out and spoil stuff. I, I get that. That's annoying. That sucks. But you know what? It's the fucking cost of having the internet. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't like it, you know that people are going to do this. So make the choice to limit yourself to that exposure. And so what if you find out about one little Easter egg? Honestly, like, is there any horror movie that's really out there besides a handful that are really that different? Like, really? Well, and honestly. That you're concerned about seeing. Like, there's a lot of independent films that are different. Mm -hmm. But the mainstream shit that's released in movie theaters... 
Besides Heredity, yeah. Midsommar, and a couple others. Yeah, they're all the same. And right. like even and the thing I always gotta say too is a trailer will not spoil an entire movie because a trailer is only two to three minutes long. The movie is an hour and a half to two hours long. So you may have some things spoiled, but there will still be a lot that is left to see in the film that you will not know about. And it is also the journey. At least that's how I look at it. Personally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think where someone might argue back is like, look at the Pet Cemetery remake trailer. Yes, that one. Right. That one is a right. big. Uh, that one is a big contributor to why a lot of people do not watch trailers now. Right. And I, because I probably would have had a different opinion because that would have caught me by surprise. Yeah, and and. I did watch the trailer. I and yep, was like, oh no, now I know that. I can't wait to watch the movie. But that's me, right? Like yet again, if someone else watched that, I'm like, man, I'm pissed off. I would have rather walked in, not known anything and enjoyed it a lot more. I, I can empathize. Um, so those are the people that don't watch trailers at all. And I think that's fine. But you also know that if you choose to do that, then you are going to have to put up with a lot of other people, you know, Doing don't those think things. like that. There's yeah. certain things that I think, and there's certain values that I have that are not shared by majority of the people I know. If I was to all of a sudden stop looking at other people's Facebook feeds, which yet again, my choice, I could do that. I could, you know, yeah. if I only wanted to see stuff that, you know, I wanted to see, there's a lot of people I could unfollow. There's a lot of other things that I could do. I choose not to because I just choose to roll through and go like, well, I don't agree with that, but you know what? It's not worth fighting over. The only time I will get into it is if I post something on my wall and someone decides to be a fucking dick. Yes. And tries to be funny or offensive and I don't like it. And I'll message them privately and I'll say, please don't do that. I don't do that to you. And there's stuff you post that I don't like. I expect respect given back. And never have I had someone get mad about that. They're like, no problem, Heather. Like, I was just trying to be funny. Because I I approach it in a way that's private and I'll say, please don't do this. This is why and they're fine with it yeah you know and i just feel like this is just the cost of being on the internet like it is you know what i mean like it's just it's and i think it's unfortunate that people are dicks and do spoil shit like i think that's too bad um i think it's it's sad when anybody does that but also if like let's say the trailer drops and you choose not to watch it or when else did or you know the raptors game is played and i choose not to watch it or when else did well what am i supposed to do expect everyone to stop talking about it Right. Can't do that either, yeah, like, right? Like it's a real tough situation to be in. Yeah, because if you make that choice, then unfortunately that choice is all on you and you gotta do what's in your power to avoid it if you want to stay free of it. It's not now, yeah. not up to everybody else to stay quiet if they watched it. Like granted, like I say, like you know, big things like the TV shows like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. It's like it's respectful not to spoil things. But, but is it? If if I watched it and you didn't, how's that my problem? Right. I was gonna say, like, but right. that's, that's like that's the that's you know, that's also like the mentality of the internet. Like you right. you know, some people will be respectful and be like, All right, I'll leave this as spoiler free. We can talk about it in a chat. Or something like that. Yeah. And others will be yeah. like, no, I'm going to talk about it because I just seen it and I'm really excited and want to talk about it. Like right. it's, it's a double-edged sword. It really is. So all you can do is really guide yourself. And we're not absolutely gearing this towards anybody, just so we're clear. No. Um, it just, it was a good conversation because Dave Z doesn't watch trailers. Um, and I think that's fine. Venom doesn't watch trailers. There's a couple other people we know. And I guess JP from 22 Shots. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think Lacey also doesn't watch trailers as well. Lacey doesn't watch trailers. So there's lots of people out there that choose not to watch trailers. And that's absolutely fine. I just, you know, and I'm not referring to them when I talk about this, but then of course there's also people that will be in horror groups and they get really upset as Rebecca was talking about on this Exploding Heads episode. So Exploding Heads on Patreon for $3 a month. (laughs) Um, And, 
You know, I just, I, I will always go back to my original argument here that whether you're pro-trailer, anti-trailer, you don't care. The moment you sign up for the internet, you sign up to tolerate other people's opinions. So you got to either take, you know, unfollow people, don't go to specific groups, maybe don't be a dick and spoil shit. But at the same time, I don't feel comfortable saying that because I don't think it's up to me to say what people can or cannot talk about online. Right. Right. Like, um, like I say, when you make the choice about doing something, it is up to you to do what you have to do to avoid it if you want to avoid it. Right. Like I see shit online that I don't like every day. Yeah. Every day. You know, from good friends of mine, post shit that I'm like, oh my God, I fucking hate that. But like, you know what I do? Keep it to myself. Why? Yep. It's not worth it. And I forget about it. I scroll past, I move on. Right. Yep. So like and, I. And 90% of the time, too, when, it, when going back to just like watching trailers and if a trailer does spoil something. 90% of the time, I end up forgetting about it by the time I actually get to see the movie. Right, right. And it's all it's all new to me again. So now we're going to spoil the Halloween Kills trailer. <laughs> I actually haven't seen it, so I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the one that Heather has not seen. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I, I can, I, though I've guessed what happens in the movie, and I bet I'm going to be right. Yeah, I'll um, say, I like, in our private with, chat. Yeah. With Brandon Orlick and Scott, how I think this movie's going to go down. We'll see if I'm correct in October. And I'll disclose to them what I thought was going to happen. And Scott can be my witness. Um, but yeah, I'll watch it either way. It's same with Candyman. Like I saw a trailer for Candyman forever ago. And besides it being like an all black cast, I don't remember what happens. Except for the song. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like how I was until I watched the most recent trailer. But that's just because I was so excited. I'm like, oh, new trailer. I got to see it. Which is yet again, fine. Right? Yep. But anyway, the trailer debate will live on. And there will constantly be people that have different opinions on it. Whatever your opinion is, you know, rock on, man. Just I would say don't sweat. Don't sweat the small stuff, you know. Yep. Maybe try to do your best to avoid social media that day because people aren't going to change in the masses. I've had to learn that struggle personally myself is that there's some shit that I see that I'm like, you know, which I think is more important than like trailer debates, but right. You know, other people would be like, Heather, why do you care about that? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, anyway, so we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe we'll do like one of us could watch a trailer and one of us, you know what we should do with Halloween kills. You've seen trailers, right? Yeah. I will not watch a single trailer. And then we can both watch the movie and see if it, like who enjoyed it more. Sounds like a plan to me. Right. So I swear on Friday nightmares, that I will not watch a trailer for Halloween Kills. Yep. And I will I go in completely as blind as I can. I won't read any articles. I won't. I'll do my best to like, I know a couple of things, but to me, they're not impactful enough that it means anything. Right. Like about specific props and stuff. Yeah. Um, to me, that means nothing. So, right. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yep, and I was saying, to me, I will promise that I will watch any trailer they release up until the movie comes out. Just so Perfect. like, just so we can like have the complete opposite. Complete opposite experience to see what happens. Yeah. Um, and to see if it affects our, our personal enjoyment. It's obviously a very uh, uh, quali- quanti- qualitative qualitative study, but um, yeah. that's okay. We can see how it goes. It'll be interesting. Then, yeah, we can come back and talk about it like after a right. little bit. Right. So that's it. That's all. That's all she wrote. For yep. now. This is this is the uh time where we say adieu as adieu. we will. Because we will be back, but it'll be a little while. We do have one more Patreon episode that'll be coming out first Patreon, and then it'll be released to everybody else right before I go on my vacation. Uh also, because I didn't get a chance to announce it on the latest episode of Controllers Up Cards Down, but there will be a little hiatus with that as well. 
um, until I get back. So we may just have a later August episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we'll eventually be back. Yeah. I'll say just a tiny little break. Yeah. I'll say give, it's basically to give Heather a break from me because I just drive her up the wall all Never. the time. No, no. <laughs> you have a hot babe you talk to online all the time. So she gets way more of your attention now. So it's perfect. You're like, oh, yeah. thank God. Well, no, I would say <laughs> I, that I, I um, <laughs> you are so full of love that it is important to spread the love. That's a good way of putting it. You know, when you have one little Care Bear and that one little Care Bear is just, you know, shooting its rainbow beam on one person, it can be <laughs> exhausting for that one person with the rainbow beam. But when that little Care Bear is able to share its rainbow beam with multiple people, it's much more palatable. <laughs> Good way of putting it. <laughs> right. love, love it. I will. I will miss recording. I always enjoy this. This is such a oh, fun yeah. time for Scotty and I. Um, so, but at the same time, I think it's really important that he has a rest and relaxation that he requires and needs. And I look forward to having a rest and relaxation, uh, even though I am not going anywhere. I will be going to Wet and Wild, which is, <laughs> which is Girls Got Wild. Woo! Yeah. Um, <laughs> Find me on my only fans, um, which is the <laughs> water park uh, that I will be going to in Toronto with uh, my friends' kids. And there's this water slide there that's called Oh Canada. That's so annoying. But anyway, you go into it and it's like a little capsule and you stand there and then the floor drops out from underneath you. Oh shit. And then you just fall and you start going, you do a free fall and then you start going through the slide. And oh, wow. Uh, I can't wait. That would be yeah, fun. Yeah, I have to wear my sporty bathing suit that day. No sexy bikinis because yeah, that might come off. Losing my fucking top. And yeah, I was gonna say that may come off. <laughs> then it will be like Girls Gone Wild, <laughs> right? Or it'll be like um, Piranha Three Double D. Well, no. <laughs> okay, let's not let's not percent more than what's there. All right, let's not. Get <laughs> not the case. Um, but yeah, and then I'll be going to some drag shows and partying up there. I think we have another beach trip planned um and i'll be drinking of course Um, no i know never i know it's shocking and i like how i think by the time we get back for our next episode our intro is probably going to be like an hour long because we're just going to talk about all the crazy shit we did while we were on our break (laughs) well the crazy shit you did who knows what your hills have eyes people and your long-term people that you're going to see up in the and that and that's true and then also if i even come back because you know me oh don't say that I may find an abandoned mine and then, you know. What about your hot babe? Oh, I'll I'll let her know where I'm at, but I may, but you know, I might, I might stay with the wrong turn family. Like I may like it up there so much. They may also have abnormally large heads. Yeah. Let me know. Maybe I'll join you guys. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyway, um, until next time, what do you have to say to the people, Scotty? Oh, until next time, everyone enjoy their summer. Go to the cabin, avoid talking to strangers and just relax and unpleasant dreams. See ya.